passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather. Post-wrestling, the NWA, not O-Geek. And expressions, you know the rest. It's pop excellence. Get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling. You're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring. We invested in Nubian kings and queens. We invested in. It's for the culture and we repping it. It's for the culture and we repping it. And welcome to the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. We are back. I want to give a shout out to everybody that inquired about the whereabouts of the show. We took a a month hiatus, a a sabbatical, if you will, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, But we're glad to be back here on the Post Wrestling Network. I am the Godfather, Nate Milton, and I am joined, as always, each and every month by two gentlemen who are, who are not just my brothers, but, but they got a lot of thoughts about the world of professional wrestling. So let me flip the script a little bit this week. Let me hit y'all with the remix, because normally I introduce this first brother last, but I got a special person to save for last this month. So let me introduce the man that gives you all the news that's fit to read here on Post Wrestling. He is the youngest in charge, one of the hardest working brothers in the game. Y'all give it up for my nephew, Andrew Thompson. Andrew, what's good, brother? Uncle Nate, what's going on, boss, man? How you feeling? It's glad, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Oh, glad yeah. to hear from you. I'm glad that uh, we can reconvene on the mics, man, because we have a lot to talk about. Of course, if you're listening to this and you've read the show description, you know some of the topics we're going to get into, but there, there's so much to talk about in the wrestling world, and we couldn't let the moment go by, Andrew. We couldn't let the moment pass without bringing in the man that's going to school us, the man that's going to drop some knowledge on all of us, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man that was just recovering from surgery, and he was ready to go for a show. That's how dedicated this brother is to the job. This is a man who, if y'all seen his Twitter, was in – the hospital for brain surgery. And brain surgery was like, you going to put me over this time, Chief? And much like Terry Belea, Andrew, this man looked at brain surgery and said, that's not going to work for me, brother. 
So y'all, y'all give it up. He is back. We are glad that he is back for the angry intellectual, for the the king of Los Angeles, our friend and our brother, the professor, Chris Ely, a.k.a. <laughs> Moderna Chris. Chris, what's good, man? Yeah, chilling, chilling, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Straight out, straight out of brain surgery. Uh, we are on uh, double CP time uh, t- today. We're CP time for the month because we skipped January altogether. <laughs> and then CP time for the day because we, after we recorded our first podcast, uh, they, we just kind of lounging around but uh, I promised uh, people on Twitter that I'd give them the exclusive ass to my brain surgery story on uh, the uh, mm. on uh, the podcast on our podcast so I'm yes. gonna, I don't mind divulging that information because it's 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 a little complicated but not complicated so mm-hmm. Well, yeah. let, let's do that before we get into the topics this week, Chris. And here's the thing, like, me and Andrew had talked before the show. Like, I was going to bring you in with, like, that hot yeah. final countdown music, <clears throat> man, but yeah. we ain't trying to get sued by nobody, so I'm just going to yeah. tee it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hit you with the, that's about all I can give you of the final countdown. Yeah. That little piece right there for Europe starts to sue us. But, uh, Chris, yeah, for those that, that maybe missed your post on Twitter and, and were, you know, wondering, uh, you know, about your health, uh, you know, Take a little time right now, brother, and, and explain to everybody what went on with you and, uh, you know, how, how you made it back, man. Okay, so I'm going to give the shortest version of this story. So I already <laughs> have multiple sclerosis. So I've got um, – <clears throat> that causes balance issues every once in a while. Um, but since probably about 2021, like the beginning of 2021, they just kept getting progressively worse throughout the year. Um, and I went to, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee for my uh, cousin's funeral. Um, he died of COVID. Um, and when I got back to Los Angeles, I like my balance was just so shot and they got to the point where I just couldn't even walk or get up or anything. So my, I was finally like, this just doesn't make sense. Cause I know, um, MS is a disease that, gets progressively worse but my medication's always been failing uh but been been doing good by me and i took i started this new medication so i thought it was kind of failing my body so um when we when i went to my uh i went i was doing a new show that day with german and um christopher epps and um i didn't even show up for it because i had to go to the er um, they originally sent me home and then I had to go back cause I didn't feel any better. And then they ran an uh, MRI on me and found out that my balance issues had nothing to do with, uh, my, um, my, with my having multiple sclerosis. It had everything to do with my, me having a brain clot in mm-hmm. my head, a blood clot in my head. And they had to get rid of that blood. So um, they told me on a Friday that I needed brain surgery, and by Saturday they were performing uh, doing brain surgery on me. So this part is where it kind of gets a little crazy. Um, they told me I was dying after I got the surgery. Mm. Uh, they they I was slowly 
just losing my faculties. And it wasn't going to be this year probably, but, you know, if it went off for another year or so, um, I couldn't go on like that. So they needed to do, so the brain surgery was emergency brain surgery, but it wasn't like brain surgery where they had to cut open my um, cranium or anything like that. They just needed to kind of go there and drain out that clot. And then um, a few days after they did that, I got out the hospital and I, my balance was still a little bit wonky, but over the course of the week, it just got progressively better. And I'm, I'm doing things. I was using a walker um, mm. and then I graduated to a cane and I'm not even really using the cane that much anymore. So I'm doing a lot better. I'm doing cryotherapy twice a week, uh, yoga twice a week physical trainer three times a week. I'm just kind of doing everything to, to mm. stay as healthy as I can. It's costing a lot of money, but um, when it comes to health, you, you can't really play games with that. So, Well, we're now we good. We're glad that uh, you're on the road to recovery, Chris. Uh, I know there was a lot of people in the audience that was definitely worried for you, and, and uh, I know a lot of them was probably praying for you and sending you positive vibes. So we glad you're back. I, I told you, Andrew, Chris, Chris on his Matt Hardy, man. He said, I will not die. You ain't going to get rid of me that easy. <laughs> nah, Chris, Chris, Chris is a soldier, man. Uh, nah, no, seriously, though, Chris, I know yeah. we, we, we always, you know, having, having a good time and stuff like that, joking around with one another, you know, in the group chatting, you know, on the podcast and stuff. And I, I'm like to hear, you know, what you've been through over the past you know, month or so, man, and then hear that you, you know, making it through and, you know, you bouncing back and you're getting better. That's beautiful to hear. That's a blessing, man. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, I think we all, you know, not not necessarily take life for granted, but like, you know, you just in it, the thick of it so much. So it's just like, you know, just another day type thing. But now I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you still here, man. I'm glad that you're making it through. I'm glad the brain surgery was success, man. And I'm glad that you push it forward, man. It's a, you know, glad, glad to have you around my brother. Always, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's all love. Yeah, that thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, and it's all love for me, also, you know. And it was, it's, it is scary hearing that you need brain surgery, and then they give it to you the very next. It wasn't even twenty four hours. They told me at right. six p.m. on Friday I needed brain surgery, and they would cut me open by eight a.m. the next day. So, um, and then uh, they don't, they, they, the reason why they don't, um. They don't uh, schedule it days in advance because they don't want you sitting there thinking about getting brain surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So they just mm -hmm. they just get they my my, my uh, neurosurgeon is all about getting it out the way as soon as possible. Um, being in the ICU for two days, seeing all the COVID patients and mm -hmm. all that stuff, it was it was really surreal, man. So I'm I'm glad to be out of there i'm glad that we still have a show and i'm ready yeah i did want to do a show right after we got out yeah i told y'all like this man yeah had surgery the very next day andrew he was in he was in he texted me on facebook or uh, messaged me on facebook like uh, are we recording today i was like are we recording today i'm gonna need you to i'm gonna need yeah. you to rest up my brother and, and, then, and then here's the thing too though man they um like that that was the only window i could have done anything because the next day for like seven days straight i was on all kinds of drugs and stuff that i didn't even know how to pronounce uh they gave me <laughs> and i needed it because i had a lot of pain after the brain surgery mm -hmm. so yeah that That's it. yeah that probably wouldn't have been the wisest thing <laughs> Saying for anybody that think we exaggerate right now, I'm telling my Chris was like literally in the chat the next day saying, "Hey, we're recording today. Let's 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 do some." 
This yeah. man's fortitude is unreal. This man was literally got a brain surgery and was uh open to doing the show. So that's why we took a you know one month hiatus just to you know get give Chris a little bit of time to you know step back and let everybody you know enjoy the first month of the new year before we you know before we got back to you know you know talking mm-hmm. about all the good graphs that's going on or or you know bad graphs that's, that's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so talking about it all. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I guess we should get should we should get the thick of things, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely we wanted to take a moment to let people know what was going on with Chris. And uh, like Andrew said, we're definitely glad the brother is back, not just for the show, but more importantly for than that, you know, as our brother and as our friend. So uh, you know, you mm-hmm. you 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 a strong dude, Chris, and we're glad you you part of this. I appreciate it, man. And thank you guys for, you know, everybody from um, the Grap City guys to John and Way to um, um, uh, everybody that just gave me a shout out. Um, I got a shout out from um, Chris Van Vliet, man. That that was cool. And I got a shout out from um, um, WrestleNomics, our brother. Shout out to Brandon. Yeah, Mr. Thurston, I got it. I got it. I got shout outs from just so many people in the community. Uh, uh, Prince Nana, uh, yes, just Christopher, <laughs> just everybody, uh, that 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 I uh, know, uh, um, Ezekiel Jackson, Rickland, um, mm-hmm. just all, just so many people reached out to me, and it, it was it was really cool, man. I, I, I appreciate all of it. No doubt, no doubt. So, uh, as as Andrew said, Chris, you know we 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 uh we got business to get to this week. So we got we got I know we got a couple stories that we want to talk about. Uh, I guess the two big ones that stand out to me, Andrew, and and I'll, I'll let you choose where we go first, uh, because during the last few weeks since we recorded our last episode, uh, there's been a couple things that popped off. Obviously, uh, you know we talked at length uh, in, 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 on various platforms about the big swole Tony Khan situation, but that also had a kind of a coda or, or uh, an epilogue with uh, the Leo Rush situation. Uh, when Leo Rush uh, and, and the AEW parted ways, we also are 24 hours after the Royal Rumble. And, and there's a lot of news that we can talk about coming out of that. So where, where you want to go first, Andrew? You know what? I, I think we should lean into the, uh, the Leo Rush Tony Khan, you know, uh, AEW related situation. I think that's, so, you know, so, so somewhat still fresh because I mean, Leo's uh, contract doesn't expire till um, uh, February 14th, I believe he wrote on Twitter. So, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's I think that's a very uh, interesting topic that we could start off with. Okay. Yeah. So, for those that don't know, obviously back on New Year's Eve, um, you know, Tony Khan had the tweet in regards to Big Swole and what she had said. Uh, on her show about her leaving AEW and you know that 90% of it was a positive time, but she had two issues mainly. And they were that things were a little loose backstage and also the lack of representation in the promotion. And Tony Khan came out and tweeted, you know, he listed a bunch of names of uh, black performers that had gotten wins over the past few weeks. And, Basically said, you know, the reason Swole's not here is because she's no good, which is like, oh, okay, TK, that's, that's how you want to play this. <laughs> uh, and then we saw that night and that weekend, several performers kind of speak up. And some, uh, you know, said, you know, I had a good experience with Tony. Some were rallying for Swole. And then Leo Rush, maybe chief amongst them, Andrew, came out and spoke directly to Tony Khan saying that he should yeah. apologize. And so now we fast forward to, 
a week or so ago where we learned that the contract was coming up and it was not going to be renewed. And so Leo Rush is going to be a free agent. So we can start with you, Andrew, because I know Chris got some thoughts on this. Uh, but what, what did you make of the situation? And uh, do you feel that or how much do you feel that the swole situation played into Leo not re-signing? The thing is, like, I see a lot of people being so quick, like, to jump j- jump on jump on dude neck, like, when stuff like this happens, you know, mm-hmm. when he announces his free agency, and, you know, people like to make jokes about the retirement and stuff like that. But, like, I, I think with Leo, man, I, I think for, for, for him and to have found the amount of success that he has at his age, I think that can mm-hmm. come with a lot, and it can be tasking at times. Now, at the end of the day, Leo is a grown-ass man. He's going to do whatever the hell he want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, but but also I think that when when I see people always trying to you know clown him and stuff like that, that I, I I'm I'm just not real big on that. Um, and and when I as far as like what he does next, I mean it, it seems like you know he's you know he's getting booked for a lot of shows. You know he's on the AEW show. He got booked for the next term in the show, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Have a conversation about that later on. Uh, but but I I I think we can. I think it's a natural assumption that it has something to do with you know the the Tony Khan big swole situation uh right. but like as far as like the specifics of it I, I think we'll probably need like leo to like come out and you know probably address it or, or, or say something about it but yeah he, he is going to be out of aw um on on the, on the 14th and, and it, it's surprising because he what, what he signed that deal uh late last year and what, what was like I'm a, and, and what, what was that like a four month five month agreement that they had or whatever it was mm-hmm. so yeah man it's um it's, it's it's real interesting, uh, but I, I I didn't know. I also didn't know that they were you know there were that type those type of deals available to be signing people to those short term right. deals. But maybe that's like again, I think it's something along the lines of we need Leo to come out and you know speak about it if he chooses to, because I, I maybe he wanted that you know short term deal. You know maybe that's just what Tony Khan agreed for the, at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, Leo, I, I think it's without question going without saying we all agree that he's one of the most talented individuals in, in pro wrestling. Like the dude can literally go anywhere, and hang with anybody. It's not even a question. I don't think it's in ring ability that's ever been in question. So, um, yeah, man, it's just gonna be uh, interesting to see what he does next, and I'm uh, very interested to see if he'll, you know, speak on it uh, after his AEW contract expires. Yeah, you know, for me, Andrew, like it's sad in a way that you know we're not gonna get more Leo in AEW, at least not for now, because this is a guy, that, and we've had this conversation so many times on this show, and other folks have had this conversation about the mythical AEW Black Main Eventer. And you can't tell me that there's no way Leo could have been that dude. Like, my man is incredibly talented. He's got the charisma. You know, I'm I'm thinking in particular of that dynamite uh, that took place in my backyard in Norfolk uh, where he had that tag match. And we just got to see Hmm. Leo just go out there and do, do some crazy stuff. And it's like, yeah, like there's a this dude should be, you know, put in a position that is elevated because he's that damn good Uh, in terms of to what degree the swole situation and Leo's reaction to Tony's tweet had in his departure. Like, I'm not going to say it's the main reason or the only reason, but I'm sure just going by human nature that it probably played a little bit of a factor in the decision. uh, Maybe even on both sides on, on the part of Tony and on on the part of Leo. Uh, The other thing I would say, Andrew, because you do bring up that that's kind of the go-to knee jerk reaction from a segment of the wrestling fans, whenever something like this comes up with Leo, it's like, oh, oh, he's he's a quitter. There he goes, doing it again. See, I told you, back, you can't rely on this dude. Backstage, 
quote yeah. unquote backstage issues attitude backstage problems. issues he's got he's difficult to work with and it's like no nah, man like leo is a dude that is so talented and you mentioned andrew he's still pretty young uh but between the wrestling and between you know the music like let's not forget like this is a dude that loves to do music like mm-hmm. this is a man that i could see would be in favor of you know let me do short-term deals with a bunch of different places then to tie myself down to a two-year deal with one place because mm-hmm. my aspirations, you know, the music, the wrestling, you know, spending time with my family, like I've got a lot of plates in the air and one home base, so to speak, is not sufficient to keep all those plates up. And so yeah, it, it sucks that we're not going to see Leo in AEW uh, for the foreseeable future, but this is, man, any, any company, any company with who is thinking right, Chris, would want yeah. to sign this dude because my man is just that talented. And so you can say yeah. he's a problem or he quit or whatever, whatever. But nah, man, like if, if Leo is, is available, I'm signing him if, I, if I'm in charge of a promotion. Uh, but I know, Chris, because we've talked off air, you got you got maybe some thoughts that might be a little different than, than what me and uh, nephew Andrew was talking about. So uh, why don't you take the yeah. floor and let us know it's, your it's, thoughts on the Leo situation. So my thoughts are not that different from you. Um, it's just that th- this is a layered discussion, right? And I'm glad, actually, yeah. in, in hindsight, that we we had a month to let this story kind of breathe and look mm. at all the different dynamics to this story, right? Because Tony, because everybody is wrong on some level, except for Big Swell in this mm. situation. Um Tony Khan was wrong because he jumped the gun on the big swell comment. I, when you mm-hmm. go back and listen to the podcast, which uh, John of Arc uh, was <laughs> a caller on that, that episode, really enough. Um, John of Arc is everywhere. Yeah, that dude is everywhere, everywhere. Man. He's got to get some kind of special. I listen to every podcast on the Planet Award. But um, so, John of, so you listen to Swell on that episode. What she, she is very, very nice, but she does talk about the diversity issues mm-hmm. that may exist in AEW. She doesn't even say it definitively, really. She just kind of talks about it. And we can all say it's true because we've, we've seen it with our own eyes. We've always wondered, like, why is this person mm-hmm. or that person not getting the TV time they should deserve? Um, but I'm not going to pretend like Big Swole was the greatest wrestling talent on the planet. I thought she was serviceable. I thought if she was nurtured in the way that Britt Baker was nurtured, she could have mm. been something big. Um, but for whatever reason, they didn't see that in her. They see it in uh, a Britt Baker and they see it in Jade. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of wrong. Leo Rush we have been the biggest Leo Rush defenders probably of any other podcast on the planet. We were defending Leo Rush when it wasn't cool to defend him. <laughs> uh, we were, we were, you know, I understand him completely about the carrying the bags bullshit. Mm-hmm. That didn't make any sense to me. But in this situation, he does have to um, eat a little crow and take a little blame. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, Nate, um, I met you, I was, um, 
like probably like not we probably we didn't become Facebook friends with each other until twenty like twenty eleven, but we were interacting from like oh eight oh nine. I was I was like twenty eight twenty nine when I first met you. Mm-hmm. I've I like Leo Rush a lot because I think part of these because I so much of my young personality I see in him. Um, that's not a hundred percent a good thing. <laughs> because when I was younger, I used to <laughs> do things that just weren't appropriate in business settings, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got this thing up from uh, my friend uh, Joanna uh, Zambus, who um, I got this um, article from my postgraduate program. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it's the do's and don'ts of employment. So there's 25 of these do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Number 15 on the list. um, Number one on the don'ts part, but number 15 on the overall list is correcting your boss in front of others. And I'm just going to read this. Everyone hates being corrected in front of an audience. Imagine that your boss and you are trying to deliver an important information in the weekly meeting with an employee comes along and corrects you in front of everyone. Cringe alert. Uh, It's a serious uh, mistake that really needs to be addressed, mentioned it after the rest of the team have left the room. Twitter is as public as of a form as you can get. If you've got a problem with Tony Khan, and the thing is, you don't know how other wrestlers are going to react to that. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as that tweet came out, Powerhouse Hobbs and a variety of other African-American talent came out and defended Tony Khan. You know, yeah. they, they were talking about, oh, the, he was there for me when my mom died and all this other stuff. This is, you don't... Uh, and I've done. I know because I've done this before. I've I've addressed <laughs> private stuff that I should have said to my bosses publicly. Um, I didn't get out of that stage. Um, like I said, I met um, Nate when I was 28, 29. I didn't get out of that stage until I was about thirty one, thirty two. Mm-hmm. It took a while for me to kind of learn how to nuance my information because even if. Leo Rush is right. And I do think he's 100% right about Tony Khan apologizing. No one's going to listen to your criticisms when you are being loud. and Because when you, when you tweet somebody, especially publicly like that, you are now grandstanding. Because what happens on Twitter, you tweet any kind of bullshit. And if you're a famous person, even at our level, which is not that high but even if you're at our level you're gonna get a lot of likes and retweets and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they'll gas you up in the wrong way and your boss is gonna see that and they're gonna be like who who the hell does this fool think he is and stuff and it's just it's just an awkward dynamic you don't want to be mm-hmm. doing that um and that was my biggest problem with leo rush in this situation i think i think his arguments were 100% valid. Leo Rush is a wrestler who knows how good he is. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think Leo Rush is a smart guy because the stuff that he stands up for 
is stuff that I agree with. I just don't believe in the the public mm-hmm. tweeting. If I have a problem with you or Andrew or our bosses, John and Way, the the last place you want to take it to is Twitter. That's just that's just not mm-hmm. how we do things, you know. That's that's not how grown people do things. And I do I do think Leo Rush is gonna learn from this and just you you gotta communicate with people because you don't even know the backstory behind Swell and um Tony Khan. How did they part ways? What did they say each other to each other in the mm-hmm. meeting when they agreed not to re-sign her? You know what I'm saying? What was said, what was done. We don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Like, I think just to, just to, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to add in, Nate, like just, just to jump in, like on what Chris said, like, I, I think if, if we're going to apply that to Leo, then I think we should also at the same time, and I'm not saying you did, but I, you didn't, but I think we should also apply that same uh, level of awareness to Tony Khan as well, just because of the impact mm-hmm. that his tweet has had. Like, I don't know if you've seen yeah. some of the stuff that's being tweeted yeah, yeah, about yeah. Small so, people making fun of her kids and sending her death threats and calling her all types of well, and, it, and, I, and, and no, no, but, but, but hit me out real quick, though. This is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think that he, I, I think that him apologizing, I, I'm not saying that it can control whether what some of these trolls or, or, or people on social media are going to say to Big Swole, but I think it would have alleviated some of right. it. Like, I think if he would have came out and been like, hey, you know what, I you know, I, I apologize for what I said about calling her a bad wrestler, yada, 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 and I think that sort of pulls back the reins a little bit on some of these people that like like to jump on and, you know, make all these different comments and stuff like that, because by what he said, he opened the gates for all of these different comments to happen. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm not saying that Tony Khan can control with another grown adult or, or children or whoever it is behind these accounts is saying this stuff about Big Swole, but you opening that door. You know what I'm saying? You allowing no, no, that Tony. for people that are... No, 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 but for, no, listen, no, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, they they allowing... You're, you're, you're allowing for those doors to be open. And people already mm-hmm. had these things to say about Big Swole. But now that you see, oh, the head of AEW is going in on her, so why can't I go in on her? You know what I'm saying? And you, you just Tony, opening that door, bro. Tony Khan operate sometimes like a spoiled ass brat he's 100 wrong in this situation i'm not gonna even try to pretend that he's even a little bit right mm-hmm. here's the thing with tony khan though tony khan owns aew for better or for worse sometimes yeah. we as and and Tony Khan is the least of my concerns. I support the wrestlers. I don't support the the bosses that much. Tony Khan is the least of my concerns. I'm more concerned about a uh, about Leo Rush um, as he goes and goes about the future. Because I mean, Tony Khan, Tony Khan is probably one of those guys that doesn't need to be on Twitter. And Tony yeah. Khan prop like he like, let's just for sake of argument say he did contribute to um to swell's you know negative uh feedback she's been getting online he he should apologize rectify atone for that situation but at the same time there are situations where we have to be the bigger person than our bosses um in the in these in these times especially when you are a, a minority i I've had the N-word moments. I've had them. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking out of love. I'm I'm speaking out of like I don't want to see this brother in that situation again. You sh- mm-hmm. you sh- this is just this is just a rule that you do not violate. You know what I'm saying? The public callouts, even if Tony Khan publicly called out Leo Rush first, I I I take him to the side and be like, "Yo, what's up, man?" Because even if you even if you're pissing vinegar in your meeting and you're 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 angry and stuff, at the end of the day, the your superior is gonna respect the fact that you did it in the prop in its proper context. You didn't do it online for everybody to read. So I'm not saying that Leo Rush is more guilty than Tony Khan. I just don't think Leo Rush did him any favor, did himself any favors mm-hmm. when he's tweeting that stuff out. Because like you, you've been me and they, you probably you've been in the workforce, you know, probably longer than me, man. And you, you way too you, long. Yeah, you you know how <laughs> to communicate the way you communicate to bosses, man. And that's just all I'm saying is 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 that um, I'm not trying to absolve. Tony Khan of everything. I'm sure probably even with, with the more topics we get in this episode, Tony Khan's going to get his comeuppance. Mm. And and I we I've gone up and down about Tony Khan on these fucking tweets in the last week or two, but the, I I I I have to give it to I I can't I love Leo Rush. I want him to be world champion. I think it's a travesty that he's doing all these indie dates. Leo Rush needs to be on the main stage. He doesn't need to be wrestling for these these indie dates. He's too good for that right now. He needs to do that by choice and mm. but he's he needs to be in AEW or WWE showing off his gift to the world. That's my opinion. And I think real quick Andrew and I'll let you uh hop in here in a second, brother. I think this is a situation to quote Dave Chappelle, where keeping it real might have gone wrong. Because I agree 100% with Leo's sentiments. Like, to me, Tony is, like, you can give Leo some of the blame in this situation. But to me, Tony Tony got, like, 90% of the blame. Right, yeah. With, like, Tony started all this by being thin-skinned, <laughs> which is something we've seen, like, when he when he did the uh, uh, scrum and somebody yeah, brought up call. the women. Like, yeah, yeah. like, Tony, Tony as, as much as Tony's done to contribute to the industry – Tony's got thin skin for a boss. And yes. that's something he needs to work on. In terms of Leo, like I agreed 100% with him and I actually I actually respected him for standing out standing up for Swole, but in in the context that you're talking about Chris, you're right. Like if you're going to make that statement publicly, you have to know in the back of your mind there's going to be repercussions somewhere down the road. Cuz that's just the way corporate America works. And right. so while I like for me, it's like Tony should be the Tony should be the bigger man, right? Like like I like Leo yes. shouldn't have to be the bigger man, but well, that's yeah. just the way corporate America is. And yeah, so, exactly. Tony should be the bigger man. He should be the biggest man in this situation. Yes. Like, like you said, court that's not how you have to kind of steer these people into doing the right thing, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. man. It's 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 Tony Khan is and he, Tony Khan is young too. He's not like uh, he's not a spring chicken, but he's not. He ain't he's, Vince. Yeah, he's not. But <laughs> he's still, 
yeah, that's, what, that's what you really wanted to say, Chris. He yeah, ain't 75 he, years old. Yeah, so he's he's going to learn. He's going to – I hope Tony Khan gets better than that. Mm. Um, Tony Khan mentioned his own minority status, and so I saw people kind of shitting on that. Don't do that because, you know, Muslim Americans, um, Middle Easterners, people of of that background did not have it easy – um, yeah. especially in the early 2000s right after 9-11 and stuff like that you should Very never true. minimize somebody's uh, struggle yeah. but at, like 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 you were saying uh, Nate uh, Tony Khan should be the bigger person and we all know this and I'm not even trying to argue against that I'm trying to hope that Leo Rush just the, the public tweets it, it, it just can't happen man mm-hmm. Um, it like, ju- it just can't. Like I I I think Leo, like honestly, but I think in certain situations like this, I think it it, it even goes even further. And and I'm not trying to get into like his background or nothing like that. But I think it just mm-hmm. even goes to like you know what I'm saying. Not 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 how you brought up, but just just how you are as an individual, bro. Like some people they mm-hmm. they they don't tolerate any kind of like disrespect, and they they take it wherever it needs to be taken. And like when mm-hmm. when. Tony Khan went in publicly, Leo responded publicly, and not to him, mm-hmm. but in defense of a, a fellow coworker. And some people feel, it, even, even me, like I, I, I can be in, in some ways, like if somebody disrespects me publicly, it's, it's either you gonna apologize to me publicly or I'm gonna disrespect you publicly. If you say something yeah. to me privately and disrespect, then I'm gonna respond to you in that exact same manner. And that's mm-hmm. how some people carry certain shit. And Leo went out there and said what he said, and he stood on it the same way that Tony Khan said what he said about Big Swole and stood on it. He ain't delete the tweet, and Leo didn't delete his. Leo may have posted that statement, and I I, I thought that was like, like you know, when he posted that statement about him talking to Mega, and th- that, that that's when I thought the shit was squash. I thought that was it. I was like, okay, they right. cashed it out. They you know yeah. got whatever they had to say off each other's chest, and you know, woo woo woo, and you know, everything. We all good now. And like apparently, like I mean, I don't, I don't know if that factored in on that. Like again, I think that's like the specifics of it. I think that's something that we probably going to need Leo to, you know, openly speak about, like if he chooses to. But yeah, man, I, I think it's just yeah. a, situ- a certain situation of he just he he said what he had to say and he stood on it and you know he's still standing on it. And like I, I feel like mm-hmm. with Tony Khan, yeah, and, but like, and like, now like, he's like, not like, like, working for AEW anymore. And I don't, I'm not saying that's, that's the reason that's why, point. but I don't. I don't know the reason why. I'm just saying, look, man, I, no, I I've saying. always been the guy. Look, I, I've stood on top of my shit all the time. Whether I be right or wrong, if I have convictions, <laughs> I stand on those convictions. <laughs> that ain't always that ain't always the best thing to do publicly. That's true. I, that's I, true. That, 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 that's true. Just, you, that's true. you know, it's, it's, it's just you like, <laughs> you don't know. I do not know the beef between Tony Khan and Swell. I do not know their mm-hmm. personal history. I don't know, your, uh, Andrew, I don't know your personal history with Way or John, your relationship with them. You guys don't know my relationship with Way or John. You know what I'm saying? So if, if, if something got public and just put out there, and I'm over here just, caping for one of you and publicly without even addressing it who's wrong in that situation you know what i'm saying you don't have to answer that now because we 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 do work underneath these guys so 
But I'm just saying, no, no, you know, no, nah, I know you, you, you <laughs> hypothetical. So I know what you said. Like, but yeah. not nah, like, I, I, I think you raised a fair point. Like, you know, I, to, 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 to your point's sake, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think we'll ever, like, could, could we possibly know that Leo knows the exact specific details of what down mm-hmm. between Tony Khan and Big Swole? I don't think so. I think he was just reacting to the bad wrestler part. Yeah. Or he didn't like her wrestling. I, I think he was reacting to that part and the, the potential effect that that could have on her future yeah. dates or you know because like, you got the, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the, the, the head of a, the number two wrestling company in the world you know saying and in the eyes of some of the number one wrestling company in the world you got people saying you know that you got him saying that he didn't like a certain talent's wrestling like you, you never know how that could affect her going long term like it's like you know yeah. some mm-hmm. look at her like well tony khan don't like your wrestling like why the fuck should i book you you know what i'm saying it's like yeah that, that, yeah, that, 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 that stuff could really happen, have yeah. an impact. Yeah. You know it could happen I, i'm not saying it w- and i don't think it will but i would just say like that possibility is there yeah and i, I think t- like again tony khan his company is in its infancy he's got to learn how to talk to black people because i don't mm think he knows how to do that extremely well I, I and i know i've i've been i've talked about this a little bit with the uh, grab city guys and a few other guys and i and i can't i've been working in corporate america too much i've done <laughs> workshops with with these with in these exact situations where right. someone has tweeted some bullshit said some bullshit publicly and it got around to the office and stuff and I have to coach people out of these situations. And the best, the best course of action is use discretion. Reactionary yeah. shit is not a good thing in a business that setting. AEW, AEW is is a is a good place to work, I think. And WWE is a, okay. People like these places. Being reactionary and publicly, yeah, we get a kick out of it. I loved seeing that fucking apologize tweet. I thought it was hilarious, but, <laughs> but shit, man. I, I, I like watching train wrecks and shit like that. I like watching, you know, bosses and employees and whatever fight, fight each other, man. That shit is entertaining to me, but it's not about me. It's about you and how you're going to persist forth in the wrestling industry. What do you want your reputation to be? Mm-hmm. You want to be someone that stands on your word. Do you want to be somebody that people can't wait to book? Do you want to not be working in the United States in the best situation you could be in? Or do you want to like um, hope that the Indies stay as robust as they are now? Um, and Or do you want the job security of being with a company that you know is going to be around for a minute? You know, Right. And well, and the other thing say, is, and it, should, it shouldn't have to be this way, Andrew, but the amount of leeway that folks that look like us in this business is given yeah. is real short in comparison to their counterparts. You know what I mean? And so I would hate it if something like this was the reason why a major company wouldn't give Leo a look in the future because we know the man has talent. Like, that's indisputable. Yeah. But this could be the excuse somebody needs. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, if you look like Leo Rush, you're not going to get a chance to terrorize people and poop in their bag yeah. like certain individuals yeah, yeah, and get yeah. chance after chance after yeah. chance after chance. <laughs> I'm afraid of people gassing Leo Rush up and telling him the wrong thing in this situation. That's my biggest mm-hmm. fear, is I've already seen... Uh, Certain Forbes, Mag, Forbes magazine articles and 
things, he, people of that nature, telling this guy, uh, Leo, you're 100% right, and blah, blah, blah. And this, it's, it's not true. I, I Like I said, with, I'm with Nate. I'm like, you may be 90, 95% right, but you gotta, you gotta understand the source of where you probably didn't do the right thing at. That's all I'm saying. And like, and like Nate said too, I, I definitely say Tony Khan takes 90% of the blame in this situation, 90, 95, but you're in control of that 10%. You are. It just, it just is what it is. We got breaking news, Chris, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. This just came across the wire. So much going on in the world of professional wrestling. And I looked at the situation, Chris. I look at what's going on, and I can't understand what's going on. I know you have questions about what's going on. It just kind of makes us say, what the hell, man? And so to help us kind of figure things out, we need to go to our official what the hell correspondent, a brother that I hope can provide us some insight on all things going on in the world of professional wrestling, particularly when it pertains to AW, where we had – one BIPOC star come into the company in Keith Lee, and, and we getting one BIPOC legend leaving the company. And, of course, that is the one and only Cody Devontae Rhodes. So helping us figure all this out from the torch. You know this man. You love this man. Rich fan. Brother Rich, what's good, man? Devontae wept. I mean, this is this is that time we got to pull one out for a legend. But what, when one door closes, another window opens. Now we're gonna see, you know, in Black History Month, the return of dashing ally Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, this story is so crazy, Rich. Like, and and again, like I'm somebody when I hear things like this, I'm somebody that that tends to wait because there's a lot there's a lot of chat in in this space that, as you know, Rich. And it's like, I, I don't believe it until I see it, but, but this, this Cody story, man, got some legs to it. So what do you make of the story from, you know, maybe the journalistic perspective? Like, like is like what's your take on this? Like, is it the right move? Like, what, what's your opinion on this whole thing, man? Because I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to think, Rich. Like, I don't know what, you know, maybe it's because I'm, like, so hurt that Devontae is leaving us when he brought us to the mountaintop and he's not going, you know, come into the promised land with us. But well, what's your take, man? I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I talked with this with, with Wade, my editor, publisher, boss man, uh, at the Torch uh, a few hours ago, actually a few days ago, about the fact that, frankly, Cody needed more than what he was getting from AEW. The biggest question for him was once Tony took over booking, if you remember sitting in on a, those first couple of interviews Cody did, and that's one thing I'm going to miss because I thought he was very vulnerable during those press conferences and very open to questions in a way that I think a lot of folks haven't been historically in wrestling. And so we're losing that. But for him, once he lost booking and once Tony kind of took care of the shop by himself, that was the thing. Cody always talked about the idea of music and writing your own music. And when he could only write music for himself and maybe for... Uh, the folks in the Codyverse, as we've lovingly started to put the section where he was in, uh, I think. And, and, and as an aside, I think people shouldn't look at it as a negative. I think all of them have their own verses. Like the Kenny verse is all the silliness he was doing with uh, Cyrus, or the Bucks verse is the fact that everyone needs to be read up on everything that happened with the Bullet Club prior to seven minutes ago, or you won't know what's going on. And so I, I, I thought Cody kind of got out of all the EVPs the shortest shrift 
because he got put in a position where people looked at him as if he was the sole person that was like out of whack when it really was everyone else and they all had their issues um and then just honestly i mentioned this with wade as well he's dusty Rhodes' kid like if there's anyone who's smart enough to realize if you have a forbidden door, it should go both ways. It's going to be a guy that's the son of the son of a plumber. And so, him coming, he's going to make a good bit of more money than he would have. He's going to be that guy that can be the example of, hey, if you come over here with us, we got some fun times for you. And then he also can be the guy that, uh, uh, as Wade so eloquently put, uh, gently send the text, hey, brother Nate, notice... You haven't been on Dynamite in a few weeks. Just wanted to see how you're doing, see if there's anything I can do for you, and make sure, oh, looks like my chicken's a little raw. Uh, I might have to smack down on that patty before I put it into uh, the oven. Anywho, just checking in. Love and kisses, Devante. Yo, I I think two points, Rich, to what you're saying, and then uh, I can turn it over to Chris. I think, number one, when you look at what Cody did to help create this not only the climate but also aw as a company uh like you his importance i don't think can be understated even though as you mentioned tony's had more control over what's going on on the screen and cody's kind of in his pocket universe along with some of these other guys i think cody's importance can't be understated and the second thing and i'll turn this over to chris chris you know we all know you're a businessman you out here dealing this crypto uh cody made a pimp decision in terms of business because Cody's, I don't know if leverage is the word, Chris, but but I think Cody realized he was never going to be as coveted a commodity as he is right now, most likely. And so if there's any time to move, maybe now is the time to move when A, as Rich said, maybe he's not the happiest with AW and B, he can make a whole lot of paper off events of right now. Yeah, man. Um, this, um, I've been riding a roller coaster of emotions with uh <laughs> Cody going to like potentially going back to the WWE and leaving AEW um I just really been trying to wrap um my um hands around the emotions that I feel over this cuz this is definitely something I didn't see coming even when he announced on TV that he was a free agent I, I still didn't see it coming. I, now, um, I'm always of the school of, you know, until pen is put to paper, mm-hmm. um, it ain't real. And um, so him leaving AEW doesn't surprise me from that standpoint. In a robust wrestling industry, you're going to have the two-way traffic you're not Mm -hmm. it's not going to be just everybody going to aew some of the aew people are going to need to go to wwe that's what makes this industry the industry you want to get to and if wwe's firing everybody and aew's hiring them or if everyone's just leaving wwe and aew's hiring them that it's interesting at first but it can get old really fast um this does like kind of inject the wrestling industry with some life it just hasn't had in a while the fact that we had a month where The Rock was prominent in the news and Stone Cold Steve Austin is prominent in the news 
and <laughs> Cody Rhodes just stole both of their thunder <laughs> like that. That's just amazing to me, man. And uh, also it proves that um, we always say Vince McMahon is not your friend. Um, Tony Khan, I'm not saying he's not friendly with wrestlers, but Tony mm. Khan is running a business. Yeah. And he's going to run that business the best way he sees fit. Um, to piggyback off the, the Leo Rush conversation we were having, you're, you're not going to be strong-arming Tony Khan. That's just not happening. No. If, if Tony Khan feels that his it, his business should be ran a certain way, then guess what? It's going to be ran that way. And and so to, to that point, Rich, like I think that it is really interesting because we've got Cody departing. And as I mentioned earlier, we've got, you know, people like Keith Lee coming into AEW. And so this, if, if we want to go the Marvel route, is this phase two of AEW that we're now entering where we had the establishment with the EVPs and, you know, we, we, we had a foundation that was laid and now we're starting to see some of the old guard of AEW depart for various reasons and we're getting new people on the shows. And is 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 this a good thing, in, in your opinion? I think it is. I think the growth that needed to happen with AEW, Wade always talks about the idea of the next million when it comes to finding viewers and finding fans. And you're not going to get there until you start to make the evolutions that you're talking about. You mentioned Phase 2 with Marvel. That's a great design. I was just talking with a co-worker uh, before I kicked off my lunch break about the fact that uh, thanks to that Doctor Strange uh, trailer, everyone's talking about the the ramifications of what if and right. uh, the Illuminati and what if Tom Cruise is in this and all this other stuff. Same thing with AEW and WWE. As you grow, you have the ability to pull other people in that heretofore may not have wanted to. And then I want to give a shout out because heretofore is definitely a Doctor Strange quote from uh, Avengers uh, just because I like I, I, heretofore is just such a strange word to use. Uh, with, but with Cody, he needed to go. When you get when you come in, I likened it to like a football team. Um, when you have the when you're the star running back, or actually I use the, I use this example for any Eagles fans out there. Mm. When Fred X was on the Eagles mm. and he was the number one receiver, and then To shows up and Fred's still chirping about he needs to get more touches, right. he needs to get more targets. To's on the other side. That can't do it that, that can't happen and so same thing with Cody you were the man you were getting you were going over the middle you were making catches you were just you were just the man and then all of a sudden CM Punk shows up and then a while Brian Danielson appears and then you got Malachi Black and it's like all of a sudden you went from the guy getting 170 targets a game to or a season to 30 hmm. ball can't go to everybody money can't go to everybody and so in a salary cap, it might not be a uh, collectively bargained one, but in terms of Tony's finances, he knows how much he can spend just like any of us. You're not going to be spending money on, you know, I've, I've been playing Sifu, for instance. I can't spend 60 bucks on Sifu if I don't have my son's shoes. And so he has priorities. Tony has priorities. And he can't spend Brian Danielson money. Well, I joke, you know, I joke with Wade. It's like when you have your, your, your grandma, and it's like, we got this at home. Mm-hmm. So at first it was like, you got Cody Rhodes, boom, you got it. Boom, 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 boom. Then all of a sudden, when you say we got Cody Rhodes at home, and you're looking at CM Punk, or you got 
Danielson or you got Keith Lee or you got whoever else pops up. It's like, oh, we need to make a switch. And it works for him because, like I said, he's going to go WWE and he's going to have an opportunity to go there and look like a star. Like, I think in terms of matchups, I haven't seen Peacemaker yet, but I want him to go up against John Cena because I want Cody to go in as a heel and say, and John try to be the conciliatory figure that's trying to like, hey man, you welcome back to the WWE. He's like, you want peace? I want war. And he slaps him in the face. And John can have that stupid look on his face he does when people slap him in the face. And off we go. Uh, I, I like that so much. And here's the thing, like, going back to Doctor Strange and that trailer, Cody was probably sitting here like, yo, when Punk makes a move, when Daniel makes a move, when Keith Lee makes a move, they're the hero. When I make a move, I'm the enemy. That's how y'all looking at me. And so... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, B. I got to take time out real quick because I'm not going to allow that to slide by. I cannot do a Black History Month allow a quote from a woman who enslaved a town. And she trying to make it seem like it was just... I just made an oopsie. Like one hand, one dude made a mistake that may have broken the universe still. May have broken the universe to help out a kid try to get in college. So this is like which one is competing idiocy. But you can't make it seem like I just was trying to get over my dead robot and I enslaved the whole town. That woman was in tears saying, let me see my daughter. Like, if they had the money, I would have paid to have, like, Cicely Tyson show up and give the real glory tears for that scene just to hit how hard it was. Because Wanda forgets. Mm. And she forgets a lot of stuff because, you know, she probably already probably said no more M-words before. Mm-hmm. And just happened to, you know, the multiverse had to, like, wipe that up because I heard, I heard what everybody else heard on that promo. And I was like, if he's here... If he's here, I'm here. I'm in that seat. I got five masks on. I'm going to buy out the row, yep. and I'm going to enjoy. But let me shut up. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you good. I think, again, like, when we're talking about Cody, though, like, uh, and we can kind of wrap up on Cody here, Chris, because I, I, I am intrigued by this, man. Like, and there's very little about WWE program that intrigues me, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that's not a criticism of the talent. It's more criticism of the creative. But when you take a Cody Rhodes as currently constructed and let's assume that they're not going to put him back into makeup and make him stardust on day one. If you bring this Cody Rhodes out here and put him in this WWE, there's a lot of interesting things you could do if you want to do those interesting things, Chris. So are you excited about uh, Devante uh, bringing, bringing the good word? to to the the masses uh, of the WWE universe brother right now I am excited I don't think it's gonna be long that I'm gonna be excited but right now I'm excited I give Vince a month before he screws it up we'll have a fun month yeah yeah so here's the thing with Cody right now Cody wasn't just the face of AEW Mm -hmm. Cody was the face of Turner Networks this guy um out of any personality character, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. across Turner platforms, Cody Rhodes, Rhodes to the Top, is on HBO Max now. Yep. Um, Rhodes uh, to the Top also comes on TBS. Mm -hmm. The Go Big Show goes back and forth between TBS and TNT and True TV. Mm -hmm. Um, This guy was a prominent fixture on those Turner networks. Um, I do think, I truly believe 
that when it's all said and done, Cody will be back in AEW. Um, I, I just think that will, I think, I don't look at him going to WWE as a homecoming. I look at him It's, it's as, a pilgrimage? Yeah, I look at it as a pilgrimage, an odyssey, if you will. Mm. I don't look at it as him staying there for a long time. I think he'll get at least one of WWE's world titles while he's there, at least one time. I think that will happen. Um, and then I think, you know, he'll... I, I think... I think there's a bit of underappreciation on both sides with Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. and Tony Khan. I don't think they appreciate each other the way they should. I think Tony Khan, if, if Tony Khan thought Cody Rhodes is expendable, mm-hmm. that's just not true. Um, Cody Rhodes is a big deal at AEW. Um, if Cody Rhodes thinks that on top of whatever he makes for the Go Big Show and um, Rose to the Top. Rose to the Top. If on top of that he needs a raise at AEW, I, I think he's overestimating himself just a little bit, man. Mm. Is, is the world not enough for you, dude? You know? <laughs> uh, like. Cody I on mean, that Tony Montana. Yeah, it's like, dude, the. the, the, the Turner Networks love this guy and I'm sure he's getting paid you know some millions to be in AEW and then on top of that he's on the Go Big Show and Roads to the Top this dude is getting paid so maybe it is just a creative thing but Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, he will ultimately end up back in AEW after a good year or two um, in WWE um, and uh, I think once he sees that WWE is still the same old WWE, <laughs> I think when when uh, Tony Khan realizes, you know, Cody Rhodes really did make my job a lot easier, um, they'll find their way back to each other. Mm. I, I think I think eventually they will. But here's the thing, Rich, and I'll give you the last word on uh, Brother Devontae because. You know, we talk about world title matches. We talking about this. We talking about that. Everybody knows what the end game is here. I'm like Doctor Strange again, Rich. I done looked at all the possibilities out there. This can only end one way: WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes and Brandy versus Triple H and Stephanie. Book it. Get the money. Next year in LA. Next year in LA. Can't have a better match. Can't have a better setup. Nothing would be finer than Triple H coming out. And you hear the King of Kings, and he ascends on a throne, and then you have a broken throne, and you hear Downstate Kingdom, and Triple H and and Cody just have a bloodbath for about fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and it's, it's 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 wrestling has always had more than one royal family. As soon as you hear that in WWE, your brain's gonna break. Right. I personally. And I apologize for any listeners for their mics or my mic peeking in a minute, but I want to hear, Woo! <laughs> like, I, I want, I want, I want, if only, like, I fell in love with, I, I'll be honest, when Cody was in WWE, I was kind of wish washy on him, especially when they were with Legacy. I actually was always more of a, um, uh, uh, 
Who was it? The other one. Not Randy. Oh, uh, uh, Ted Jr. I was always a Ted Jr. guy. And then John Cena had that uh, 24 where he was in the back saying, Wow! There goes Cody Rhodes! And I was like, okay. <laughs> if John Cena is the top guy in the company and he's like singing your theme song because he likes you that much, I'm in. I'm in. Just like with. Just like with Big E, when he was in um, FCW and Cena had him on one of those videos yeah. when he was setting a power lifted record. Yeah. And he was like, this guy, he's got it. Like, if Cena sees you, I see you. Because nobody can see him. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I don't want it to, I, I do think we need to talk about Brandy Rhodes a little bit in this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for AEW. Um, no, she doesn't. I, I know that Wade Keller said that she wasn't too liked by people in um, AEW. The people that I have talked to mm-hmm. um, that are associated with AEW, if, whether they did a one-off or or there, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about Brandy Rhodes. In fact, everybody's been saying good stuff about her. She just brokered a deal with the American Heart Association last week, mm-hmm. and now she's out the company. Um, this woman was smart, and she was ahead of the curve on a lot of different things, with like Nyla Rose, with Sunny Kiss, with all these like yeah. different diversity initiatives. Um, and her missing from that company does concern me a little bit. It, it, to me, it's to me it's like if Cody is one A, I think Brandy Rhodes is is one B, and I, I, I that's just the way I feel about it yeah. until I hear other until I hear from other people, and I'm gonna I, 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 if White Keller does a write up on it or Dave Meltzer, I, I want to hear what people are saying. Um, but yeah, I think that she's um, important, not just as important as Cody Rhodes, but she, she well she's. Right, like she is not like she's not more important than Cody, but I think what she brings to the table is something that can't easily be replaced. Right, when you're talking about a woman in a position of power. When you're talking about a black woman in a position of power, like you can't get that perspective from just another white dude that you put in that spot. Like that's not going to replace or duplicate or replicate what Brandy Rhodes meant to the couple. And I did want to give Rich a chance to reply in terms of uh, the story or the or what was said by Wade, uh, you know, given that you work with the brother. Uh, any clarity on that, uh, Rich? Yeah, sure. So from a man from from the wild side of Minnesota, I think, <laughs> and I, I put up on my free side, it should be coming up at some point, like, don't trust the aggregators. And what I mean by that is it's the folks who don't take the time. When you look at the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson, he goes through and he meticulously transcribes what is going on in an interview. And when he puts it up on post, you see what the person said. Uh, There had been a couple of aggregated websites that took part of what Wade said. Everyone hated Brandy or no one liked Brandy. The quote was, no one in the five or six hours I talked on the phone today or texted had something to say positively about Brandy. So that's more about the circle of people being questioned than the status on the whole. Just like you just said, Doc, where you're talking about from who you talk to. There wasn't a negative thing. It's and I loved how Cam put it. Like when you're at all of us know when you're working somewhere, there's going to be people that have stuff 
for you, against you, whatever, but it depends on who's talking to them, the mood they're in, and how much they're willing to talk, you know, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. I think people get a little, like, I know Nyla Rose got really fr- frustrated, and we wound up doing another audio just to, because Cody called him, and that's the, that is the best thing about working for someone like him or John away. When you have the relationship with the people and something comes out, the person can call you and say, here's what I, my side of it is. And then you could say, this is what Cody told me. And that's what he did. And Cody got to rebut some of those points. It, and it, what gets murky is when you're the person who hides behind, uh, you know, a pseudonym or something like that. And then you, I stand by my story. It's like, I don't know who you are to stand. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. That's so true, man. Yo, good guy. A great point right there by Rich. And, uh, again, this this conversation ain't over. Like, this is just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, like, so much going on <laughs> again with, with Brother Devontae. We're we going to see what's going on with him and Sister Brandy. But uh, for now, we're going to return you to your regularly scheduled programming. So, uh, yeah, so shout out to Leo Rush, man. Like, hopefully uh, the brother, you know, is going to land on his feet because he is talented, man. And maybe this could be a learning a learning moment for Leo and maybe even more importantly, Andrew, a learning moment uh, for that man, TK. Because here's the thing. I want to like TK, man. Like, I want to like the dude, but he got every, yeah. like, couple of months, t- TK say something, a tweet something. It's like, oh, come on, man. You were so close. You were so close. So uh, that we, that's our take on that situation. But, uh, you yeah. know, we're we going to go from the rush, Andrew Thompson, to the rumble, my brother. Because last night, 24 hours ago, we saw the Royal Rumble, uh, which was uh, a night where going in, uh, you know, maybe some people were expecting to see some black excellence on display. Maybe, uh, you know, see <laughs> Biggie and Bianca and, and Sasha and people like that. On the come up, uh, maybe even that man almost. Uh, but I will say, Andrew, I did not enjoy that show at all. Uh, you know, there were some moments on the show that I dug, but for the most part, I thought this was one of the weaker Royal Rumble cards, top to bottom, that they've given us in a while. Uh, what was your take on the Royal Rumble, particularly when you talk about people like Big E or people like Bianca, who you would have thought going in were being primed for a big push? So like well, I was uh uh oh sports center what was that ESPN you know sports center we got we had to report <laughs> this just in Tony Khan finally apologizes <laughs> Mel, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's not that's but, not sports center alert so it came on sorry about that oh, no, but, but uh, I, I I was telling y'all before we started recording um I I was at an independent show the night of the Royal Rumble and um uh, I had a good time with the Flying V promotion out there in um. In DC, uh, the Silver mm-hmm. Spring slash Maryland area, it's like near DC, but yeah, it's whatever. It, it it was a real fun show, man. Uh, and shout out to all the you know talented independent wrestlers that was out there, you know, trying out a bunch of different stuff. But but yeah, with, with the, the the Royal Rumble, I had saw all the tweets when I got back on Twitter because I, I I got to I was like I don't want to spoil it for myself, but then I was just like at some point I was just like fuck it, it is what it is. I'm I'm end up watching it anyway. So I saw all the tweets and people was just shitting on it. Like the whole show, like like for, I would I would say probably the like for, from what I like the first the first couple like the first round of tweets I saw were like positive and they, and they were came from the Seth Rollins uh, Shield interest thing. A lot of people were like really happy with that, and it, it seemed like a lot of people were somewhat happy with the or to a level of degree happy with 
a portion of the women's world rumble match and then this seemed just from that point on like the show just went to shit and it was just like and like that that's just judging from the tweets and and when i finally watched it it, it just felt like a it, it, it didn't feel that i would say that second portion of the show or even like right after somewhat near like the probably after the first hour it sort of fell off like real bad and it's particularly that men's rumble match that was the most anticlimactic world rumble like i've probably ever seen and and the thing is about it like you know we also discussed this uh previously you know before we started recording it's, it's a thing of like in, in previous war rumbles you always have maybe two or three people where like it, it seems like they are very well built going into rumble matches and there's like a, a a chance that one of those three individuals or one of those four individuals might walk away with the rumble and it's like they have a certain amount of hype going into a certain amount of hype behind them going into say a rumble match with this one it was just like, eh, you know, like, here's our roster, you know, here's a few mm-hmm. legends as far as from the, you know, the women's side goes, and like, this is what we're doing, you know, you, you guys already know what the Rumble is, like, we don't need to further build this thing, and, and, and you, you mentioned Big E, I, 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 like, I'm not gonna lie to you, Nate and, and Chris, I wasn't expecting nothing, like, from, from, from Big E, and not from his standpoint, it's just the fact that it was just clear as day, like, after he lost the title, now, even before he lost the title at day one, it was clear as day, like, like where he was going, like even when uh, they had him on the graphic, they slapped Brock, mm-hmm. Re- Brock Lesnar right in the middle, like in, where the champion is supposed to be at. And I, I know some yeah. certain people going to look at that and be like, well, you know, that's not a big deal, bro. The champion is supposed to be in the center of the graphic. The champion is supposed to be on the marquee. <laughs> that's just what it is. Like anybody that's trying to act like that's not a big thing, it's a mm-hmm. big thing. The champion is always supposed to be on the middle of the thing. And even with, um, but when you look at, uh, you, you, I mean, any, you look, you look at Roman. We look at how Roman's presenting it, and you know his presentation and how they market him. You ain't gonna see Roman thinking no like Brock Lesnar was literally uh, his graphic literally hid Biggie's WWE Championship. It just like a regular fucking five way, like it was just nothing on the line. But <laughs> uh, but but, but, but with, uh yeah, but with Biggie man, it was like he, even after he lost the title, it was just clear as day as to where they were going like with him, right. and it, like they you know he's sliding them back into the. Andrew, come on now, come on, young fella. Andrew, you gotta let it play out, man. Just let it play out. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the that's the most common phrase. Let it play out. But um, yeah, yeah, man. Well, Biggie, like I I think we all we we've said this on this podcast countless times. Uh, where we had guests, uh, all three of us that talked about it. We all think Biggie can literally be a marquee talent, and he is a marquee talent. And just from seeing the amount of publicity that he was able to bring into WWE from an outside perspective because i ain't seeing no other wrestlers getting getting onto the fucking breakfast club and all that different shit and all, like all, all these like boxing fights that he was attending and introducing boxes and making all these different mainstream media appearances and stuff like that i think biggie did did them a real service on the outside of the ring perspective but they didn't return the favor in terms of the on-screen perspective like he lost hella matches um dude like they i mean he, i'm not gonna say he looked like no chump against roman reigns in survivor series but yeah, i think Big E was just like any other challenger that Roman Reigns had. It just seemed like he had no chance going into it. It was just like, oh, yeah, here's a showcase, and, you know, we'll show him off a little bit, but you all know that Roman's going to win this match. Like, let's be fucking mm-hmm. real. And that, 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 that's kind of how it felt throughout Big E's title run. And then, you know, after he lost the title, he got pinned by Seth Rollins the next night on Raw the week after uh, the week after that. So, and, and now, you know, we, we know that they've said on multiple times on the most recent SmackDown, as of the day we were recording this, that, you know, Big E's back on the show. And you know they pairing them back up with Kofi, and you know Woods is on SmackDown as well. So I think we all can pretty see, pretty much see where that's going. You know Biggie's probably gonna be mm-hmm. slided back into the, you know new new day spot. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, I, I mean nothing wrong with that 
as far as like him uh you know being a key piece on television as far because i'm pretty sure they'll keep being used but like i think like what they're doing they 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 sort of treat kofi and biggie as like hey you know you guys were here for a really long time and we appreciate you guys sticking with us and you know helping us out so here's your world title run but like after this just know that we gave it to you and be happy with that okay don't yeah we're not gonna go here again but we appreciate y'all and this is our thank you for for your contributions to the company but now it's time to get back to what we think we should you know what we think you should be in this company and yeah. that, that's that's all it felt like from from the get-go mm-hmm. so so and, and, and just to touch on bianca like man I, I i i really don't see i really don't get how they look at somebody like bianca man and see what she brings to the table and what she has to offer and the, the markability aspect that she has it just don't want to put the title on her immediately and just have it like hey look even if we don't got a solid plan as far as like what's next you are a person like i'm trying to figure out like how they how they don't like see the value that she adds to this company like she she literally enhances most of the matches that she, and bianca's only like a, what, a six-year vet and she's already like a very mm-hmm. she, she 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 in some of these matches that she's in even with becky man like she she can be she can be when she needs to be like sort of that ring general in a way and 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 really like she she has a but when you watch some of her matches man she has a very very good understanding of what needs to happen at certain moments like she's very smart for somebody that has only been wrestling for five to six years she's hella talented yeah. bro and that's not even looking at the outside stuff and them like because you know how some people like when they talk about some of these certain situations they always harken back to outside of outside outside the ring stuff as far as uh promotional material and stuff like dude bianca could be selling these little uh fucking braid things to these kids like mm-hmm. all over the world and they'd probably be eating that shit up like it ain't nothing you know what i'm saying like so the marketability thing is even a question so like I, i'm just very confused as to why they like they, I, I i don't know what it is man but like i know i just read all, like all the way off topic from the royal rumble but like circling back to that the, the, the show was it it, it, it was not uh, enjoyable for the for the most part. It was just yeah. you know was what it was, and you know they it seems like it's just an indictment of what WWE has been stuck on for the past you know past five or six seven years. Like they you know Brock Lesnar, that's their guy. They they clearly value Brock Lesnar a certain level above most talents, and that's clear as day. Mm-hmm. And uh you know with Ronda Rousey, it's the same thing. Like the, the Royal Rumble is like the most easiest way to get somebody over. It, it I, I swear to God you. You can literally make somebody's whole career by just having to win the Royal Rumble. You can, if you need a young talent, you can have them win the Royal Rumble, and they are literally fucking over, bro. Look, look, look at what, and, and, and I, I think Sheamus won the Royal Rumble in 2012, and, and the year prior to that, 2011, he had won the WWE title, and Sheamus was real early into his main roster run. Mm-hmm. That's that that shit solidifies Sheamus going forward. And, and see, the thing is, with 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 it seems like with, with black talents with with Biggie and Kofi and stuff, it's like once they get that big accolade, it's like okay, buddy, back mm-hmm. to the mid card. And, and, and Sheamus, Sheamus, had, I'm, I'm not gonna say and, and bluff and act like he's been in the world title scene because he he hasn't in a, in a real long time. But it, it's just a thing of like it, it seems like certain people, certain people's achievements get value yeah. more than others, and, and and it's like 
when, when I see somebody like, I'm like, dude, just because he lost the fucking world title don't mean you got to take him out the world title scene. Like him winning mm-hmm. the world title has stamped him in permanently. You can keep filtering him in and out of it. It doesn't have to be like, yes. oh, well, you know, he won the world title and then that's it. You can keep bringing him in. You can keep bringing Kofi in. Just because Kofi lost the damn title don't mean that he can't go back and challenge it again. I know he challenged for it uh, at the um the Money in the Bank when Lashley fucking crushed him. But like, it, it was mm-hmm. like, like it, it doesn't have to be like this one off thing or like just because he lost the title doesn't mean that he can't still be around that certain type of title picture. Like he can't be in these number one contender matches and shit like that. Or these main event segments where, you know, the top talents come yeah. out and address the world champion. It doesn't have to be like that. It can always be, Hey, you're world champion. So you know what, if we need somebody to come in and, and fill this program, we can send Big E. We can send Kofi if we need a world mm-hmm. title challenger. We can send those. It doesn't have to be, oh, yeah, you just won the title and then you lost it. And then you had this like little shitty little reign. And then like that's <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? And that, 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 that's, that's how they do it. And, and it, it's yeah. like, I know I'm like rambling this shit right now, but it's, it's I, I just don't get how like you have some of these dudes, man, who like endear themselves to so many people. They endear themselves mm-hmm. to their communities that they represent. And it's like, you just, they just don't get it. And, 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 and I, I I, I think the only person you can you can look at is is Vince McMahon. That's the only person you can look at. I, I don't think it's no no question about it at this point that everything that goes through that company happens through him. So it's yeah. like you got this seventy five year old, sixty seventy six year old dude who has this idea of what he thinks good professional wrestling slash sports entertainment is, and the shit is just not right. It's not right. It, it, nope. it's, it's I mean, not, not not right in the sense of like, but it, it shit just doesn't click. Like he's so fascinated with a Brock Lesnar, so fascinated with a Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. and and I don't have no issue with Ronda. I'm not gonna say and bluff and act like I do because I don't. But it's, it's <laughs> like, but because I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say like I got some fucking issue with Ronda Rousey. But like it, it's like you have so many talented people on your roster, bro, who are there every fucking day, every week, bro, who are on these live events, like literally fucking deteriorating mm-hmm. the shit out of their body, the company. Like the least you could do is reward them when these big shows come around and not fucking stuff them on a P show or like have them just play second fiddle to another talent who's going to be there for four months or five months and then dip in and out and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like these, like I think, I just think that shit is unfair. Like, and, and I, I, I just don't think that you should be treating your talent like that who are literally there for you. Like what right. is so, so, sort of the dead periods, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I just rambled the whole thing, but like, well, it's, it's an indictment, yeah. Andrew. Like that's what it is. Like it's an indictment to Vince in particular and to the creative overall of this company. And like it it's not something that just affects black performers cuz like NXT 2.0 might be one of the worst wrestling shows out right now. And that's a Vince joint, right? Like he can't point to nobody else but Vince. Uh that's the team you set in place to run that show. And it's the main roster is, is no different because let's say let's say Brock and Ronda are the answers, Andrew. At least tell me a story to get me there. They didn't even tell you a story. Mm-hmm. We just threw mm-hmm. them in the spot. I was saying before the show, both Rumbles to me felt like somebody just put on the WWE 2K game and, and put it on demo mode because people were just coming out for no reason, and there was no concrete storyline. You know, every year at the Rumble, there's about three or four people that you can say that person's got a shot, and they didn't do that last night. Like, there was a perfect opportunity to tell a story with Big E in the men's rumble and they missed on it. There was a perfect opportunity to tell a story with Bianca. And even though Bianca lasted like 40 something minutes in the rumble, I can only think of one or two memorable moments she had in that entire match. And that's a problem. And so the, the, the issue is 
when you don't give your audience something to believe in, it's not long before they stop believing. You know, and we we have a perfect example of that on the roster right now, and his name is Dolph Ziggler. Because don't nobody <laughs> don't nobody believe in this man no more, right? Like, and and this is not a, this is not a knock on Dolph as as a talent, but nobody believes they're going to do anything meaningful with this dude anymore after the right. the ups and downs that they've they've given this man. And so I think, like. And I hate to say it, Chris, but like Kofi's done. Like that ain't never coming back. We ain't never yeah. had something like Kofi yeah. Mania again. As much as that pains me to say, yeah. like Kofi is done. Biggie, yeah. Biggie still got a shot, but they got to do right by him. And yeah. what they did last night at the Rumble, they didn't do right by Biggie, Chris. Or yeah, Bianca for that matter. Right. I, I I'm more on the dud side of Biggie. I I think that brother's goose is almost cooked. I hope I'm wrong, but, but um, cause I, I love Biggie and I don't, I want him to get all the stuff in the world, all the yeah. accolades. I mean, if anybody needs to be tweeting, apologize to their boss, uh, <laughs> those New Day brothers and Bianca Belair, don't be tweeting that to Vince, by the way, just don't do it. But, uh, Biggie uh, is. I'm gonna talk about what I liked about the Rumble because I <laughs> talking about talking about Biggie and Bianca is gonna give me an aneurysm. I just had break. Oh, if I, damn, if I, damn, if I, Chris. If I still had the staples in my head, they'd be popping out one by one. Damn. Talking about the Bianca and Biggie situations. What? Hold on, Chris, was... before, before we get to, to the positivity, because this is like the professor coming with the power of positivity. That's a twist. Uh, I, yeah. I, I want to hear that. But let me throw this at Andrew. Held and froze over. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the devil had to put on some socks because Chris is about to be positive about the WWE. Um, but let me, let, me, let me throw this at Andrew real quick because we just did a show earlier today, Andrew, and like not even – thinking for it for more than like five minutes. Here's a scenario I threw out, and I want to know how you would have felt if they did this. We could do the same, like let's say in a, in a parallel universe, uh, Kofi doesn't miss the jump, and his feet don't hit the ground, which as soon as that happened, Andrew, I was like, oh, this rumble going to be terrible. Like if Kofi, mm. Kofi can't even put the magic on it, it ain't going to be a good rumble. Uh, but let's say Kofi's feet didn't hit the floor, and he's, he's still in the match. You still do everything the same. Brock still comes out. What if the last three people in the ring in that Royal Rumble, Andrew, was Brock Lesnar, Big E, and Kofi Kingston? And it's almost like like Thor and Captain America in, in Endgame before the rest of the Avengers came. Like, they trying to throw all this stuff at Thanos. It ain't working. And then finally, Kofi does some type of dive or something, eliminates himself and Brock in the process, and Big E wins. And then we, that's how Big E gets back in the title picture. Uh, and it also gives Kofi a little bit of uh, revenge for the eight seconds that Brock put on him on, on that Friday Night SmackDown premiere. Uh, would Would you have loved to have seen that, brother? Would that Would that have been something you would have been down for? I'd have been cool with that shit. Eight to put you put you more creative. Oh, Nate, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, hand <laughs> you the pen, brother. Hand you the pen. Not not that that, that would have been that would have been a cool finish. And and bro, even even Kofi and 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 Biggie aside, so just looking at the Rumble and jump, bro, Shane McMahon. Was Shane in the McMahon. final three. Shane fucking McMahon was in the final three. Shane McMahon, who hasn't been on television since he took Raw Underground out of business. How how has this just gotten <laughs> worse? 
But Shane and 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 the thing is, bro, he eliminated Kevin Owens, who mm-hmm. literally just signed a new deal with them. Like you, you would think Kevin Owens would have tossed his ass out of there, like with the with the swiftness and shame. And man, probably we had like a Santino Morella moment where he got in and somebody just right. immediately threw his ass out. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, get, get out. But like, just seeing that him him in there with McIntyre and Lesnar, like what, like what, like what are we doing, bro? Shane McMahon, <laughs> like that that could that that could have literally been anybody. Shane McMahon yeah. is like literally left in the top three with Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, who just came back from injury. Like, what? What are we doing? Like, and I'm trying to figure out. Like, okay, I, 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 I don't know what they had planned for Shane going forward, but like, I don't know. That 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 I think that shit was just dumb. Like having him in the top three, I feel like you could have, again, had somebody there who's consistently on the show and put mm-hmm. them in that spat. It's that yep. simple. Like, I, 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 I don't get the whole. You know, Yo, Montez Ford worked his yeah. ass off in that match, bro. Hey, hey, bro, you want to know what? Real quick, you. I'm so glad you mentioned. Like I saw somebody tweet this out, and I was thinking the same thing. Like going into the rumble, I feel like Montez Ford should have had like his Iron Man moment. Mm-hmm. Like he should have been that. He should have been in that shit from like at, at, at least until it was like five people left. Like I feel like he should have been yeah. in there from the start, and then he should have been in there until like at least five or four people was left in the rumble, and he could have had his big breakout star making moment where it's like, oh yeah, Montez the big baby face. You know he's lasting, mm-hmm. he's fighting, you know he's trying, and, and, and whatever it may be. Because I, I think a lot of people see a lot of potential in Montez Ford. Like I. I, I don't know how people like really feel about him breaking away from Angelo Dawkins and sort of leaving Dawkins in the, you know, to the wayside. But mm-hmm. I, I, f- I feel like they can, you know, go away with Montez. It's like he can be a star while still being in the tag team. But yeah, yeah. man, like I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned him because that was a that's another person who I thought could have had a real breakout um, moment in the room because he definitely got the gas tank to do that shit. Yeah, but no, nah, we had we had to make room for Shane McMahon. So you know, it is Shane what it is, Mac. brother. Shane O'Mac got Shane them Jays on. Uh, but with Chris, you said you had some. You said you had some positivity, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the audience, the audience ain't ready for this. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna clear, clear the lane. Y'all give it up for Moderna, Chris, with some positive thoughts about the Royal Rumble. Well, I, and they I, going I on gonna, mute. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say that I think that um, I did like Lashley winning the belt. From Lesnar, um, I yeah. didn't, I didn't love the way they did it, but it as far as WWE fuck finishes go, um, <laughs> where they have to protect everybody because nobody could look weak. They can look stupid, but they can't look weak. Um, I think this was one of the ones that made the most sense to me, and I'll defend the ending for Lashley because I don't, I don't think it defined Lashley down. I think Lashley had Brock Lesnar in the hurt lock and he had him in there for a minute and Lesnar was not getting out of that hurt lock. He didn't even break the hurt lock. What he did was he backed into the corner, bumped the ref, and that's how he escaped. And then he was able to sneak out, sneak on the F5 and because Brock Lesnar the character of Brock Lesnar, not the guy. Brock Lesnar's a genius. But the character of Brock Lesnar in this context is a dumbass. He gives him a F5 and swings the dude around to hit the ref. And he's, Lesnar gets the visionary pin. And then all the stuff, the fuckery happened with um, Reigns and Heyman. Heyman. 
Yeah, all that stuff happened. But I don't think Lashley necessarily looked weak. I don't think that he looked the strongest. But as far as people beating Brock Lesnar is concerned, I mm-hmm. think he I think he looked fine. So I, I will give yeah. that. As far as Big E is concerned, um, Big E was defined down the moment that he won that belt. And the, the reason why is because he announced on Twitter, because they, they were having a ratings problem, they announced on Twitter that Big E was going to def- – he said he was going to cash it in that night. Mm-hmm. Lashley just got done wrestling two guys um, that night. And um, then Big E cashes in his money in the bank and beats Lashley. It wasn't fair at all. Uh, Big E kind of, you know, from – and we talked about this uh, on – uh, with the episode after he won it, we were both yeah. uh, we were happy that he won, but we noticed the obvious. This wasn't a fair kind of wrestling match. You you basically, you know, well, it wasn't the launching pad you want for your brand new baby yeah, face exactly. So and then he got. I think he did finally get a fair win against um, Lashley, but it was defining. He was defined down the moment he got the title. He was never going to be in the main event. He loses to Roman in a in a good match, but it wasn't a it wasn't like a star making performance. It was a win that showed you Roman is our guy, mm-hmm. and Roman is our guy up here, and Ray and uh, uh, Big E is way down here. So. <laughs> It is it it is what it is. I could be mad at this shit, but at this point in the game, I kind of like wonder what these WWE guys are doing um to promote their own career advancement in that company, you know, because um this kind of thing just keeps on happening mm-hmm. with with uh black talent. That's why I'm not on the uh AEW is racist. WWE is Wakanda bandwagon. Um, <laughs> you know, because I, 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 because they continue to do shit like this, right? Um, they they continue to showcase the guys that they don't want to push. I mean, the, like I said, the the two biggest black stars in the history of that company, The Rock, is way up here at number two. Um, and then Lashley is a few rungs behind him, but Lashley is still like, you know, as far as what Vince likes and the mm-hmm. accolades and stuff, Lashley is number two, clearly. It's it's I don't even think Big E or Kofi mm-hmm. are even close. I think it's I think it's Lashley. Um and I'm not saying that as a good thing or a bad thing, but um Lashley is the guy that Vince obviously um sees as someone serious, someone that he can mm-hmm. market. Um Lashley was slapping fans with the hands slapping hands with the fans last night. So they do see something in Lashley that they don't see in Big E. I don't think it's fair. I just think it is. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. And what makes it so bad? Because I do think you're right in that point, Chris, where there is something about Lashley that Vince does like, but here's how crazy that is, Andrew. Like, Lashley has that look that Vince is all about. He's got that persona that I think Vince can get behind. 
that even with all of that working for Bobby Lashley, man's been back for at least two years. That first year was trash because we had yes. all the stuff with <laughs> Sami Zayn and Lashley's sisters, and then they teamed Lashley up with Leo, and Bobby's out here patting on his cheeks every week. Like, it took until MVP <laughs> and, and the Hurt Business came around for them to get serious with Lashley. So it's like, if that's what the dude who Vince wants – is getting for that first year. Like, <laughs> how, like, how you expect Big E to win? How you expect Kofi to win? How you expect Bianca to win when they're up against that kind of thinking, Andrew? And the crazy thing is that that whole, um, like, with the the Paul, I mean, um, the 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 MVP and Bobby Lashley like pairing mm-hmm. and them being like a legit like item uh, going forward. Of course, they were already thinking that, but that shit would probably wouldn't even happen if Paul Heyman didn't say anything about it because he he you know he was on the um recently on the ringer podcast and he dove all into that and yeah. he like that, that that dude fucking loves mvp like he mm. loves MVP. like he thinks the world yeah. uh, of mvp as an on-screen talent as a person he was just talking about how he believes mg mvp was his successor like to the next mm. on-screen general manager and in, in, in the evolution of weird general managers i mean not general but um you know managers and, and you know on-screen you know valets and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. like he feels that mvp is the evolution of like where, where that should go and how people should like it's in terms of valets like, he really believes that mvp made himself a part of bobby lashley like like there there is right. no there's no seeing bobby lashley without mvp there's no seeing mvp without bobby lashley and when they're not together the shit just doesn't work like it, it, they they need to be together in order for the mm-hmm. in order for the like the whole act to be complete and i, I again just to, uh touch on what you were saying about lashley like i i, I do think you know that that is just a situation of like that's what Vince likes. Like last year has a legit background at NCAA, you know, hella hella credential to, uh, and, and no well earned. You know what I'm saying, dude? Dude has like a very very legit background, and, and maybe that's just what uh, Vince likes from a, a marketing standpoint, as far as with him yeah. over a, a Kofi or, or or a Big E and stuff. But yeah, man, like yeah. I, I think even with, even with last year, like I think I I I, I want to say that. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not because I don't think that's true. I I don't think that they view him on the level of a you know like how they treat Roman and how they treat uh Brock no, and shit. But they treat him. He's a rung. Uh, he's a rung underneath yeah. them, though. He's not like yeah, twenty yeah. rungs under, underneath. Right. Them, like yeah. Exactly. Biggie. Exactly. He's, he's right below them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's no, no. For no, I, I, I think, I think that's it. It's not like it's not like a big gap, but that gap is there as far as like how he gets treated, opposed to you know like a Brock and a, you know, a, a Roman and stuff like that. But yeah, man, uh, Bobby Lashley, like you, you know, he, I, it took a long ass time, like you said, Nate. Like yeah. he came, you know, it's been four, it's been four years since he came back, and like that first, that, that first stretch was a, it, it was a rough one. It definitely yeah, was. they had that man doing this like it, it seems like wwe they always do this like weird ass thing with that they like they like to test people it seems like to see how much mm-hmm. you take like before before they finally give you the big thing like i remember we was even joking um after bianca lost not not, not joking about her losing the title but like joking about uh like how they like to test people and shit like that like to see hey you know mm-hmm. let, let, you know let, let, you know if they if they have a big let's see how they you know they looking when they come through the curtain or you know let's see how they mm-hmm. got an attitude problem how they conduct themselves in interviews and, right. and we i remember we was even crediting bianca um when she did that interview after like she did that interview like fucking like four hours after she lost the title and she was very yeah. professional you know what i'm saying you know it's yeah. i had a good time you know it was good to see becky yada 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 you know what I'm saying she doing doing the smart thing you know what i'm saying which she yeah. should do you know unless she want you know 
some type of like repercussions or you know whatever it may come from that from speaking negatively yeah. but yeah I, I just think that you know they 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 like Lashley's look they like what he presented they like the way he wrestles yeah. you know they like most of the things about him and I think that's why you sort of see um mm-hmm. you know even even though we see something more in Kofi and and, and, and Biggie like I I think that they just you know Lashley is like their yeah. prototypical what, what they look for in a in, in some professional wrestler, so and it, it's sort of more in yeah. line of their vision of what uh, right and, a, a, a marquee talent is. Yeah, and a thing, the thing with Big E is Big E is a legitimate athlete too. Yes, it's not like <laughs> he's, the, he's, yeah. the, he's, the, he's the, it's not like he's a scrub in the gym and stuff yeah. like that. He played college football, uh, power lifter, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He, he's yes. got um, the accolades credentials, yeah. and credentials to back him up. It's just, I think Big E made the mistake of being funny. Um, and when mm. you look at Bobby Lashley outside of the, the goofy shit that he never looked comfortable. <laughs> Big E looks comfortable being funny. Mm. The, the shit they were doing with Lashley in the beginning, it wasn't funny. No one ever took it seriously. And Bobby didn't even take it seriously, yeah. right? And it's easier. But, and Bobby... Lashley doesn't look like a human being. He looks like like some <laughs> cyborg that was designed in a laboratory, right? So I think <laughs> he's always gonna. Um, I even he, like even like as far as physical looks, he looks more impressive than Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar yeah. is looks like a a guy like Brock Lesnar is big and strong, but I don't think he has a diet he adheres to or whatever. Like, Brock, Brock Lesnar is farm strong. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> like Bobby Lashley looks like a machine. This dude looks like he he eats nothing but like chicken breast and, and rice, <laughs> and rice, and that's it, man. Just complex carbs and chicken breast. My, 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 my that, like I came out the womb with a with, with, with a yeah, weight. Yeah, like I, yep, yep. I, I, I saw this. I shook Bobby. When he was a baby, he was prepping meals yeah. in the little plastic containers. Yeah, Me- like I sh- meal prep. <laughs> yeah, like like I I shook Bobby Lashley's hand one time, and, and you ain't um, never been the same since. Yeah, it's, it's like this dude is the like feeling yeah, ain't he, never he, came back to that hand. Yeah, right. He's got like no fat on him at all. Like this, and he's like up in years, man. And it's not even like a steroid body you know what i'm saying right it's, it's just something you haven't seen uh and um and even still you know he's he's there's a ceiling for for someone like a lashley but his ceiling even is still way, he like yeah. a year and a half ago maybe yeah. i don't even know if it was that long ago like even still he had to endure bad booking with rusev and lana Right, yeah. Like this so, brother came through a lot. Right, yeah. He they, came, they, and he came out. They, they had that man. They, they had that man on TV with his eyebrows drawn on, <laughs> on getting married mm, to yeah. Lana. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is going on, bro?" Like, yeah, man. <laughs> but like, so, I, even when uh, the, 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 y'all remember that time? What was this? Had to be 2018 or 2019 when, when he pinned Roman at the Extreme Rules. Yes, I remember he, he, that. He yeah. beat Roman. He beat him clean. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't no no weird shit. It wasn't no like it, he beat him clean. And I, I I think a lot of people thought in that moment they was like, oh here we go, like it's about to mm-hmm. you know they but they find they finally about to finally mm-hmm. about to do it with last year. That you know they veered off and then you know it took a minute and then you know it took he had to you know get get, get the title off the Miz. But like it it, it, it just seemed like they took 
in a necessarily long time for them yeah, to like finally really get it right with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. But 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 even that, I think that's just a credit to MVP also, like what he added to the act. Because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think this shit would be happening if MVP won beside him, bro. MVP just nope. MVP has a presence. Like he legit has right. a presence, and I I think that he just adds so much to the Lashley character and the overall presentation yeah. that he just enhances the overall thing. And, and what's crazy is why, they were doing that in Impact Wrestling, Andrew. Like Impact yeah, exactly. gave you the blueprint. They gave exactly. you the blueprint, and it took you two years to get to it. Hey, hey, hey Nate, let me yeah. ask you this. I, 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 I know we probably you probably spoke about this on a multitude of different podcasts, but but like looking back on it, hindsight being twenty twenty. What is the reason for them breaking up the herd business? And can you imagine like what they could possibly be doing right now? Like and and how? Matter of fact, you probably couldn't. You probably could have avoided. And and not not necessarily saying that it was like a, a bad thing. Like what, what what they did with Roman and uh and Brock at at the at the Royal Rumble and you know Roman Carson mm-hmm. in the title. But like you could have even had Cedric and Shelton do that shit. Like f- fuck over yeah. Brock Lesnar and then help him. Then help Lashley, you know, get the title. Like it didn't just help. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like, what, what would be the point of them breaking up the herd business? Like, especially, I, 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 I still don't get like them breaking up the group. Like, it, it, it seemed like they had such a good thing going, and they was like a key portion of that Thunderdome, shitty Thunderdome period for the most part that they had. And, and like, they, 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 they really held carry the low, bro, through through that three hour draw. It, that, it know, makes no sense. It, yeah, it makes no sense. And once again, uh, shout out to the good sister Big Swole. She is, she is a prophet. Cause she she was saying that when they was messing yeah. with her business, like like that's a big mistake. And it's like you could have had this generation's evolution or four horsemen or whatever group you want to compare them to. Like I'm so happy you four- didn't say nation of domination, bro. I'm t- I'm tired of people <laughs> saying that shit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of people saying yeah, the next nation. Like, bro, just because you get together, they the bro, nation I'm, of domination. They- Bro, Nate and Chris, I'm telling you, bro. Anytime you see four, five group black, mm-hmm. and they the next nation, bro. They're not like no, please. Like you, you, you know, I'm about to keep it all the way funky, but I'm, about, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all this. I'm gonna tell y'all the real right mm-hmm. now. Team Angle was better than Evolution. I don't care what nobody Ooh, got to say. They had yeah. they, they that that group could have been legit. That that group could have been one of the best wrestling stables, man. And, and they mm-hmm. split them dudes up. Way too yeah. early, and they kept evolution going, and they split team angle up out the year. You, man, you you give me team angle today. Can you imagine team angle today in today's landscape? Like, I oh my goodness! That, 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 Shout that, out to that man Charlie Haas, by the way, who who's back now? Hey, he with back. Impact. He back, man. He back, mm-hmm. and, and that, that that's that's like a whole different conversation because we we could be talking about like would you know Sheldon Benjamin doing his own thing in this yep. current group of wrestlers in this current. That, that that that's like a whole different conversation, but uh, but yeah, but with with the her business, like it, it's it's confusing as hell, like why they would break that group up. When you they broke them up. Yeah, you, you had you you made uh Cedric and Shelton look like chumps. Then you bring them back together. Then you break them up again. It's, it never they made, made any event, sense Nate. to me. They on main event. <laughs> it never made any sense because it was like you had the formula right there, like Bobby Lashley, and he's got this crew with him. And led by MVP as the mouthpiece, like it just worked. It was, you know, it was like I was saying, and like it, a new and school horseman. And it elevated Sheldon and Cedric. Yes, right. But nah, they it they didn't want to do that. Them. They didn't want to do that. Yeah, I think yeah. that um, I agree with everything everyone's saying. I just I I just think that you know Vince McMahon decided what Shelton Benjamin was going to be a long time ago 
and mm, just over the last him, couple of years, um, get him, Chris. decided with <laughs> what uh, Cedric was was was. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it again. You you have to be like super exceptional. Um, Talk to him. for WWE if you're black. It just is what it is. Like even with Bobby Lashley, we talk about the lean years he had where he was doing his, the bullshit with his sisters and pointing at his ass and all that stuff. But even before his first stint in WWE, Lashley was the chosen one as far as black guys are concerned. You know, they, mm. they put him in the hair versus hair match. Um, putting when, when they were taking ECW seriously, he was going to be the face of that brand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they had moved him to Raw. And then I think this is when Doc Hendricks decided to um, tell his racially tinged jokes and whatnot and caused him and uh, Crystal to, to leave the company. But I think um, I, I feel bad for, the, uh, for um, Cedric and Shelton, but um, I can't... They are where they're where they are, man. And this mm. and this is and they're gonna get together like ten different more times. Last <laughs> year, will punk them out ten different more times. It's mm-hmm. it's just gonna keep happening. So you could get mad at it, or you could just brace yourself for the next time uh, Lashley needs goods, and they get back together, mm. and then he kicks their asses again. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I feel like that's that's true. Uh, that, no, that's I got a question true. for you, that's though, so Andrew. True. I got a question for you because you know we we out here talking about Bobby Lashley, shouting out the uh, our new champion, shouting out this Black Excellence, the one brief shining moment of Black Excellence we got on this two times on this show two times. Yeah. Uh, but but there's another dude who I thought was gonna go pretty far in the Rumble, and he had his moments, Andrew. Like like he was he was close to really you know stepping out. Uh, but you know, like like Brandy said, uh, almost doesn't count. Uh, oh, t- <laughs> what did you think about our brother almost in that rumble, man? Uh, look, I, I ain't I ain't I ain't the big I ain't the biggest almost guy. Look, look, bro. I'm I'm not even gonna try to act like you know like. Look, I I, I get yeah. that they want you know what I'm saying they like dance and shit. That that that's cool. Like yeah. I, you know, what I'm saying that, that, that's like, look, more, more, more power to Omos. You know, what I'm saying he's chasing the dream. I, every, I every a, generation, um, Vince got to have a giant, giant Gonzalez, yeah. I, I, uh, Andre the Giant. Giant Gonzalez was the shit. Like, great I, Khali, I, 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 I Vince loved them giants. I, I, like with with, with Omos, like I have a um outside of professional wrestling respect for what he was able to overcome because he he had um Omos actually had um multiple brain surgeries i believe mm. and he, he he had like he 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 went through some real struggles man like early in his life and stuff mm. like that or he had it, it was some type of gland in his brain or, or, or some along those lines I, I should pull up the story so i could have it more um more more accurate so i'm not like um you know fucking up his story and stuff like that but man like i i, I i'm there's an appreciation for what he was able to overcome and you know seeing somebody uh you know, chase their dreams and shit like that. Yeah, he he, he underwent two brain surgeries while he was in college, and he was on the verge mm. of going blind. Yeah, so like, oh. there, there's that. Yeah, there, there's that respect there of like seeing somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like they they made it, bro. He wasn't supposed to make it. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, 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 I think there's, there comes a point like where you got to put aside like the on screen character shit. It's like as long as they're not no shitty person, and then you know you just look at it from a, a base standpoint, a basic standpoint, and just realize like this person went through a whole lot of shit, and like they're here now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah I, I have a respect for Omos and and that department. I'm not the like the most a big Omos guy. Like when it comes to him on screen, like I I I just really don't give a shit. I'm just be real, like honest with you. Like when it, it it just it just is what it is but like i like i i do appreciate the fact that he was able to you know overcome the shit that he overcame and still make it to wwe and i i i don't know what they're going to do with him going forward like i think they just he'll probably be sliding in that sort of great colleague role like you know he'll probably get get his one big shot at, at some point later down the line you know when they need like some like filler championship run or some shit like that like but you, you know what bet you know bet best best of luck to omos as he you know embarks on his WWE, you know, further embarks on his WWE journey. I I, I think they I think they value him because you there's mm-hmm. I, that, that's just WWE, they 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 like being sort of the land of the giants to some degree. Like they like having those athletic guys, but they more so value well Vince McMahon more so values having those, you know, seven footers, six eleven type guys. So I think they'll always be a spy for Omos in, in, in WWE Omos and WWE. So or Omos. Yeah. is it Omos or Omos? Which one I be getting confused with the shit sometimes. It, oh it's Omos, right? I heard it both ways, but yeah, I'm, I go with yeah, Omas, 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 yeah, Omas, yeah. So yeah, but, I, I definitely think it's always going to be a spot for him in WWE, though. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll turn it to you, Chris, because I think that we can all agree, like in bell to bell, like Omas has some definite limitations, uh, but I do think there's a way to use him. And the the example I always go back to, and I don't know how many of our audience is going to remember this dude from the original ECW. But there was a cat in the, in the old school ECW named 911. Right. And yeah. this man had one role. And it was like whenever somebody was out there talking talking trash about ECW, he would come out there and choke slam him. And was over like you would have thought he was the world champion. But he had his one mm-hmm. specific defined role. And I think you could find a role like that on the roster for Omos. Like he's never going to be uh, you know, Chris Jericho or AJ Styles or you know Okada when it when it comes to that bell to bell stuff, but I do think there's a there's a spot for him on on the card. Of course, yeah. Um, Omos uh, Omos is 27 years old, so he's still mm-hmm. young. Damn. The the problem Dude, with and, Omos, and look in, in the WWE 27, you still a, you still a rookie. You still got Similac yeah. on your breath at 27. Yeah. <laughs> The 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 problem with Amos is he's he's not good. <laughs> I just I kind of <laughs> don't want to agree Dang. with with uh, and it's not just that he's not good. I just don't see him getting better. Um, I thought when last year at WrestleMania, I I I was actually he was one of the guys I liked the most. I remember saying that on one the on the Place to Be Nation show mm. that that I I was on the lookout for Ama Omas and his, his he his I think his body is just too awkward for professional wrestling. I don't know if he'll ever become okay. Chris, I hear body shaming people. 
no, no, I didn't do that. That watch, I didn't do that. I just think, I just think he's too, he's too big for his own body. Right. They, he, they, I don't they, they, about, he they about to get Chris ass out of here. Chris about to get a knock at his door, Andrew, and we open the door. All he gonna see is Omos's midsection. Like, yeah, yeah. I heard you talking trash, though. His his body is not his 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 the way he moves his body is not fluid enough mm-hmm. to, well, it's very much like Ali. yeah Chris, Chris you think he's awkward he's awkward yeah, I think he's just yeah he's just he's, he's just um awkward in the ring that's the best way I can say it man mm-hmm. I don't I don't know who can carry this guy to a good match they just put him in there with AJ Styles if you and that was a not a good match. Well, we, you know we according to the rumble last night, we probably about to get another two three months of Omos and AJ. Yeah, it may, maybe if if you get another two three months of AJ and Omos, maybe he'll learn how to wrestle. But there, the WWE has had some very talented, good big guys, and some very not so talented good guys. The thing with Omos is of the seven feet tall guys mm-hmm. he's probably the weakest one and it, it almost kind of I mean, like, look, look, hold, hold, hold on chris i agree with a lot of what you said but we're not gonna disrespect that man like that omos is at least better than giant gonzalez come on chris <laughs> come on chris <laughs> don't do it to the brother chris I, I, i'm not gonna say he's worse than giant gonzalez but <laughs> His movement reminds me too much of Giant Gonzalez. That's Damn. the problem. It's like, but it's that, like, it's like, it's okay, let's take, let's take Big Show for example, right? Big Show was never a great wrestler, but Big Show could always be that guy you mm-hmm. needed him to be at any given time, and Big Show was more, um, he 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 was more athletic than Omos. Um, he's got more personality than Omos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 got more control of his seven foot seven foot frame than Omos. And Omos is seven foot three inches tall, which is actually doesn't sound that much different from seven from what Big Show is. He's like six eleven, seven foot. But that's actually a huge difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Because you're, yeah. you're, you're, it's 15 pounds for every inch, which your average weight is supposed to be. And um, I just think that I, I, I just, I, I do think um, he might be going against Lashley at WrestleMania this year. And they, they might either feed him or Lashley. Or, or <laughs> Hold on now, Chris. Look, man, let's, let's, let's slow down, Chris. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, man. But um, if, if, look, put it this way: if they do an elimination chamber and they put almost in it, he's winning it. Uh, this, I, yo, this might sound like a stupid question. Can he yeah. fit in the chamber? They'd have to make a, they, they, a they, specialized they, one they, for they, him. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah and they probably they probably play that a uh, big time, like you know, yeah. he's too big for the chamber and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, not. Nah, nah, but you, hey, you, uh, you, want, you want to know what, Chris? I, go ahead. No, nah, I was gonna say like you mentioned, you mentioned the elimination chamber. If, if we are like sort of just spit all the ideas about how they could use Omos in in, a, in an effective manner, or, or like have him have like a marquee moment, like an elimination chamber would be sort of like a good idea because like you could sort of mm-hmm. with, with with the amount of things within the chamber that you 
you can use like as far as like different yeah. like the glasses and the, the tubes and shit like that I, I i think that's enough to sort of hide what he lacks and, and you can just like have him just right. basically throwing everybody to fuck around and then just doing whatever he wants to do like it don't have to be like a title situation it could be like a number one contender type thing but like i i think that would be an effective way to sort of demonstrate or, or sort of highlight Omos and like sort of hide the weaknesses that he does have opposed to like throwing them out mm-hmm. there one-on-one with AJ Styles where AJ is just like clearly fucking like you know light years in ring you, you know it's like the yeah. shit is not even like it's it's yeah. like noticeable you, you know what I'm saying so like I, I think that like and especially like if, if you just had somebody that was around that like like a Paul White who could have just you know helped mm-hmm. them and got him along a little bit like I think that would have been very very key to the growth of omos like i know undertaker yeah. you know mr blue lives mad over there was uh, yeah. you know, he, <laughs> he, he, he he had some good things to say about omos and he he really likes omos yeah. like he really does so yeah. how about you you know get your old ass over there to the performance center and you know help yeah. him out coach him up like a cane or a big show somebody that's mm-hmm. seven feet or near seven feet to show him how to operate. But I I, I do think, because they did this with Giant Gonzalez. They did everything under the sun to show him how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And it just, his body was just too big to be crisp in the ring. Um, and that was the problem with Kali, except Kali could do that yell and karate chop. And that's what they did. And Kali looks like an intimidating guy. Mm-hmm. Um, almost. Um, he looks kind of like you a nice Omar, guy. You try to say Omos looks sweet. You try to call him a chump, Chris. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You're you were the first one that's, to come with this Omos. I don't. There's a lot of Omos slander on this yeah, show today. Like, yeah, like I, I, and, and, I'm like trying to pass the blame to Chris. I, right. try, I, I try to I try my best. Almost you hear what Chris been saying about you, man. Yeah. I, I, I try my best with the black wrestlers to, to look for something. Um but I can't like I said earlier, I can't affirmative action grade this guy, man. Um because because you can't, I you can't grade it on the curve, Chris. No, I can't, man. I, I hope it gets better. <laughs> I, I really, really do. I I really do. I cause I like I said, I'm and I'm not talking about his. I'm sure he's good. I'm sure he's. Look how huge he is, man. I'm sure he could. In the real life, you don't. Nobody. Oh, really oh yeah. Almost. Yeah. But, nobody I mean, would that. <laughs> but, but when we're talking about a fixed sport, um, he's just he's just not appealing to me anymore mm-hmm. because I think the initial uh, the 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 bloom is off the rose. I thought mm-hmm. last year I was intrigued by him. And now at this point, you know, um, I just, I just, I just can't get all the way behind him. But if, if, if he does something special, then hey. Be your own people. So, hey, hey, almost, if you listening, man, I I got your back, brother. (laughs) Even when, even when he was doing the, um. Remember when he was doing the raw underground stuff when he was like, oh yeah, you know, ba- yep. ba- basically yep. just like the door manager and he was like basically bitching people like <laughs> the whole time, mm-hmm. like you know, if, yeah. if Shane McMahon wasn't cool with him, he was Omos was just taking care of that. And even when like somebody would step out of line, he would like step in that role and be like, hey, you know, I take care of this. And like I felt like that was like a real nice spat for for Omos, yeah. and you know, they scrapped that. But like I, I think I think his best, the best way to utilize somebody like him is, dude. 
everybody is not going to be in there and turn into this fucking five star like classic wrestler. It's just not going to happen. So you got to utilize right. people to the best of their abilities. Omar is an intimidating athlete. You know what I'm saying? So you got to put him in situations where he can intimidate talents. Like maybe have him keep doing these enhancement matches for a little bit. Have him just beat the shit out of some local lo- local talent. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like every every once in a while, and then like when you feel comfortable enough to where you know you want to throw him in there with one of your more experienced talents, then then you do that. Like I, but like I feel like them trying to like just like right out the like just trying to throw him to the wolves and, and like sort of like right. a, a single swim type situation just like how they doing with the nxt 2.0 time it's like they they doing that shit with them like, th- like they just hey look we throwing y'all on tv if you do good you gonna keep being on tv if you don't they, 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 they keep training and like yeah I feel like with omas man like I, I feel like you need to sort of nurture him a little bit more like you need to sort of yeah. bring him up just to, just a little bit more so he can keep you know, so, sort of find his groove a little bit, but I don't think him being like this consistent in-ring performer is going to be like his thing. I think you need to sort of pick your spats with him. Like he can be sort of that. Mm. Matter of fact, you got somebody like that, bro. Treat him like a fucking attraction. Treat him like yes. an attraction talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Treat him like he don't got to wrestle every single week. He don't got to be on TV every single week. Right. Treat him like a big deal. Like it's professional wrestling, like Chris said. Like, dude, it, you, you can make anybody mostly anybody a big deal if you present them like a big deal and the fans will mm-hmm. follow suit look 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 at look and i'm just using this example right look at orange cassidy right yep. people there are there are certain people who really like look at orange cassidy as like a big fucking deal in, in a, and he is like presentation wise but i'm talking about like people if orange cassidy was be throwing in the, in the aw world title picture in a couple of months nobody wouldn't say shit you know what i'm saying because that, that's just how he's presented and like when, when you look at like a talent like oh I, I think old Moss could sort of be in that same position, but you gotta treat him as such. Yeah. You gotta treat him like an attraction. You gotta treat him like he's a he's like a just, just, he should make, be the dude don't nobody of, want it from. Like he's he's never around, it, but exactly. like or he's not around all the time. But like you like when Teddy Long used to be on SmackDown, like tonight you going one on one with the Undertaker player, like and and mm-hmm. you'd be like, Oh damn, like he back, like that's how Omos, right. like he should be this urban legend almost, Andrew. Like, like yeah. people talk about Omos, but we don't really see him every month. But then when he show up, you know he about to tear somebody up. And 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 Nate, you want to know what? Not 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 to, not to jump off the topic, but I had a nice transition to go into this for 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 both uh you myself and Chris. I I, I had a real nice transition. Nate. So if we if we uh if we sort of off the topic of Omos. We, we can make that transition if you cool with that. Y'all cool with that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's let's wrap that up on Omas. Uh, so, if I would say in terms of the Royal Rumble, let my last thing on that. Uh, Biggie deserved better. Bianca deserved better. Uh, Chris ain't gonna say Omas deserved better because Chris don't think Omas deserve anything. Uh, he talking. He, he, he talk. He talking shit about you, Omas. Come get him. Right, right. I, I was remember Omas when you come to the to the post office. I was the one defending you, brother. I don't, I don't need that smoke. Uh, but, but yeah, like so. That's that's our thoughts on the Royal Rumble. Where where you trying to go next, Andrew? So so we we was talking about people. We were talking about Omos improving, getting better. Mm-hmm. TBS champion Jay Cargill recently guest okay. appeared on on Grab on Grab City. Talk Gra- about Grab City. Shout with, out to the Grab yeah, brother. I saw with, that. With, yeah, with, with, with Righteous Ridge, Phil Lindsay, and Will Washington, and she broke the news that she has been training with Brian Danielson. Mm, talk about it. Chris, your immediate thoughts. Mm-hmm. Training with Brian Davis um, and Chris, like, like, just your immediate thoughts about it, my man. See, this is the thing, um, and this is the difference between Owas and Jay Cargo. 
Jay Cargill. <laughs> we, 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 didn't, we didn't finish the Omos conversation. Chris Green had to bring that brother up. Chris got Chris got beef with him, Nick. Chris got beef with him. I ain't got no beef. I just figured it out, Andrew, because if you go back to the very first episode of the NWA podcast on post wrestling, back on post podcast day, Chris was out here slandering Omos for eating chicken on TV. Oh, and yeah, that, thing, Chris ain't never been down for the brother. No, nah, that's not true at all. But this is the thing. <laughs> Jake Cargill, a, a blind man can see that she's going to get better. I saw I saw mm-hmm. the, the yeah. Grap City interview that she did. It was it was an awesome interview. Um, she, I love her uh, shit talking, especially like Jake. She she was Jade Cargill mm-hmm. uh, in that interview. She she knows how good she is she know how she knows how good she's gonna be she knows how fine she is because she mentioned it like 20 times um i'm i'm definitely not gonna argue with that uh she she is awesome um her trainer with daniel uh uh brian daniels daniel brian danielson dbd dbd her trainer with him (laughs) is only gonna make her better Mm -hmm. um Jade is is just a force to be reckoned with. Um, she is um, she's got the better looking uh, woman's title in uh, <laughs> AEW. Um, she's I like I love her music. I, I know I've heard some people hating on that shit. I, it sounds like a Prince instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I love it. It reminds me of what uh, Paisley used to come out to in uh, WCW. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So um, I thought um, I'm just um, I just uh, think she's um, so awesome and um, yeah, yeah excited about the prospect. Is. Which like what she become? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think she's gonna be one of the faces of that company sooner than rather than oh, yeah. later. I do think within the calendar year, AEW is going to overtake Raw in the overall ratings at least once um, because, um, and I'm not even talking about the episodes that are about to air on sci-fi. I think um, they're going to get to a point, they're going to hit a tipping point before the year is up just because the show is better. I'm not Mm -hmm. caping for Tony Khan or anything. Um, he nah, but do, you, you, but you enjoying the show, bro. Like you know what I'm saying. I get, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he, he, it's just a better show at the moment. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of those dudes that you know I appreciate diversity, but I, that doesn't mean I like fucking Soul played better than The Godfather too. You know, I will like, say though, I will say, Chris, <laughs> counterpoint, Soul playing is better than Godfather three though. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't even go that far, but (laughs) you know, it's it's just it's just. I got I put diversity in its proper context. I love the diversity on WWE. No one can take away from WWE or AEW that they're diverse, but the overall show. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I um, I'm not gonna say that. Homeboys from outer space was better than the Sopranos. That's, that just wouldn't be true <laughs> or realistic. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, I, I could keep it real and appreciate WWE and appreciate AEW without um, 
lying and faking the funk and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And right now, AEW is the better show, and Jade Cargill is is pretty soon. Her and Bianca are gonna have a collision course. I, I truly believe whether it's her Bianca. Or a, uh, yeah, I think so. Whether you opening a forbidden door, Chris? I think so, man. I think I think it's inevitable. I think it's got to happen. It's going to be like a Hogan Flair situation where you know somebody is going to meet somebody on the other side of the bridge one day. Uh oh. And I oh, Chris, you heard it here first. You heard it here first from Chris and Bianca Belair versus and, and Jay Cargill. Hey, hey, look. Can, can you imagine like the hype around? Like, can can y'all imagine the hype around? Bianca, like if it, if if a report came out that it was like her contract year or some shit like mm-hmm. that, and like she had a decision, to, man, oh my god, and you know what's gonna happen? WWE, hey, you wanna you want the title run real quick? <laughs> you right. wanna get you a quick title run, <laughs> man? Like I yeah. think to Chris's point, AEW has had the better show. You know, I I still think there's things they got to tighten up, but yeah. overall, AEW has been the better show. When we're talking specifically about Jade, like we've been saying this from the jump. Like, Jade is somebody who had the look, who had the personality, uh, who had the raw athletic ability, and it was just a matter of, will the wrestling catch up to the rest of the package? Right. And she's gotten better. And to hear that she's working with that man, DBD, uh, I think I also saw she's working with Serena Deeb, which, if true, like, yeah. that's great, because I love uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, but, like, you could tell, man, she's getting better. She is, I would already say, Chris, you know, you said she, one day she's going to be the face of the company. I'd say, like, she already, like, on the poster, if we putting together the AEW poster, she yeah. ain't in the middle. She ain't in the middle like Brock Lesnar, but she on the poster. Uh, like, she's yeah. an important part of this this program. Uh, so, yeah, I think that Jade is somebody who is a can't-miss prospect, and there's not too many of those. But when you get one, you need to maximize their time with your company. And I think so far she's been doing a great job on AEW. I wouldn't be surprised, Andrew, if in the future, maybe even the near future, we get the Jade Cargill babyface turn. Because people love Jade, man. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to boost somebody you love. She's not really even a hill right now, you know. Mm-hmm. She's just someone that, that knows she's just her. she doesn't really Yeah. Yeah. She she doesn't, <laughs> you know, she's she's just someone who's just awesome and fine and <laughs> Uh, just to see, you know, d- does what she does. I also wanted to do do some do some a little a little different on the NWA podcast. I, I want I want to get you guys' thoughts about you know some free agents, man. Because I, I, I think by the time this comes out, these people will be free agents, and I, I'm I'm sort of excited to see what they do. Uh, you know, on their post WWE, you know, uh, ventures, man. And, and one one name that I wanted to bring up was uh, Shane Strickland. Um, and you know he's been doing a whole. He has been a whole allowance for a whole lot of stuff, man. Like he got uh, the, the revolver, um, pro wrestling revolver promotion. They have a whole show based on this man's return, uh, and I think it's called Swerve's House. That, that's the that's the mm-hmm. name of the show. And he's he's got some dates lined up for progress. Uh, dude's gonna be over there and turn the terminate show in February. Um, Chris, when you when you look at a talent like uh, Shane Strickland, the former Isaiah Scott, like. What, what what do you see on the horizon? Do you see him possibly getting signed, or do you think for like just for the time being he'll just be like on every fucking independent show, and then like later down the line, like probably in the summer he'll yeah. end up signing somewhere. I do think he'll sign to AEW sooner rather than later. In a perfect world for me, all a hit row would go 
to mm. AEW at the same time, but I just, you know, I think I'll uh, do probably talk too much shit. Uh, before, <laughs> <laughs> top dollar. Probably, yeah, top dollar. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know where that came from, making fun of their shoe collection and all that shit. Man. I don't know. I hope that he's not judged on that, but the wrestler, wrestling is still very much the white man's world. So um, I hope that uh, at least uh, at least uh, Strickland, um, I'm not calling him by his slave, slave name anymore. Um, at, at least uh, <laughs> at least Strickland, I hope he goes to AEW and they find a role for him. I know AEW roster is already stacked, but I do want to see um, two more black guys at least get put in prominent positions in that company because mm-hmm. i think for Nate? diversity sake they oh. need it yeah Who's i think Nate? like shout out to uh shane strickland first of all first and foremost like that brother's been putting in the work for a minute yeah uh, he was severely underserved by his previous employer like to the point where you like i still don't get it andrew like that one still doesn't make any sense to me where we elevate the this group and then within a month, everybody's gone. Yeah, like that never made any sense to me. Right. Uh, but I think that, man, like the future is, is wide open for him. Like, there's a lot of ways he can go, man. Like he can keep making money on these indies. Like he's he's a name. Like he was a name before he went to the WWE, and he's exactly. a bigger name now. Uh, so he can keep, you know, it it just depends what he wants to do. Like he can make these make this bread, uh, indie by indie, or if he does want to sign something a little bit more permanent you know with an aw i could see that happening my only concern with aw right now and this goes back to you know our earlier conversation about tony khan is one they do have a pretty uh expansive roster yeah in relation to the amount of tv time they have you know because it's not like wwe like wwe has like five six seven hours worth of tv every week versus three for aw so i do think that could be an issue because when you've got a lot of people in your mm-hmm. upper mid card slash main event scene, it can be hard to juggle everybody and give everybody the fair mm-hmm. amount of time. But yeah, you'd have to be an idiot to not make money with Shane Strickland. And I yeah. don't think Tony Khan is an idiot, despite his tweet at New Year's Eve. <laughs> he, was, he was probably sipping on mm-hmm. some of that that Hennessy. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I think Tony Khan would find a way to make Shane Strickland work with that company. And Tony Khan. Uh, they, the, the AEW, they don't just have a stacked roster. They have a stacked roster of good talent. They have Their roster is so st- stacked that a guy like John Moxley could be off of TV for like two, three months, and the, sh- the show goes on. And, you're, and then when he comes back, you're thinking, oh, yeah, John Moxley's been missing. I, I, um, I love that guy. It's not like you're complaining about him not being on TV every week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's a good problem to have if you're AEW. Yeah, and, and I think as far as uh Strickland goes, like I, I you, you wanna know why I think he's gonna land? Like I I think I think even before signing, like if he were to sign with AEW, I think even before that, like he he'll probably end up doing some work with New Japan ended up being like a consistent on their strong show as far as like a U.S. Mm-hmm. representative and I think mm-hmm. they'll use him like frequently at, at, at most if not all of their tapings if you know if possible and and, and uh, another talent man who I think a lot of people are excited to see 
um you know by, by, by the time this comes out i believe i think she'll already be doing like some media stuff um doing some switch stuff is uh athena the former amber moon um mm-hmm. you know she 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 should have been you know on, on more on the quiet side you know since being let go and i i think that's also an intriguing thing like to see tyler sort of just duck off for a little bit and then you know when it's time to pop out there pop out I, I I think I think that she has a lot to offer to many companies, man. And she's very, very well experienced. Uh, you know, she's still got a lot left, you know, to to, to go in ring wise, man. I'm 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 like really excited, uh, Nate, about the, the prospect of what uh Athena, you know, the, the slash former Ember Moon, you know, could bring to the professional wrestling now that she will be a free agent. Yeah, I I think she's really talented. She's kind of in that class of the young veteran. And what I what I mean by that, mm. Andrew, is like about five, ten years ago, like there was this group of women that primarily were on the indies that primarily worked like Shimmer and uh, WSU yeah. when WSU was popping. Like there was a crop of really strong talent. And, you know, we see we'll, we still see a lot of those talents uh, to this day. You know, people like uh, Jessica Havoc, people like uh, Rosemary. Like that that mm. kind of era of women and Ember Moon is right up in there with him, uh, Athena. Uh, you know, we since since Chris is a shoe and slave name, so to speak. Now, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll man, call her by her. Call, call, yeah, you call her Amber Moon, yeah. man. No, don't listen to Chris, yeah. bro. You call her. Amber <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I ain't calling her Amber Moon, bro. Once once you lose ties to uh, WWE, I'm I'm done calling you <laughs> by that name. Mm. You know, it's it's just um, uh, Athena is what she's going to be branded as from here on out. That's that's her name. That's what she's going to go by. That's where she's going to make the grunt of her money in the future. Mm. Um, yeah. Probably the most money she's ever made in her life is going to be under the name Athena. So um, mm. I can't do. I can't get with the Ember Moon anymore. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, I, I think she's. <laughs> She's going to be somebody that a lot of people are going to be taking a look at. Uh, and and I think that's kind of the cool thing. You know, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Shane Strickland, Andrew. But right now, it's not a this or that conversation, whether it's you're, you're only going to WWE or AEW. Like, there's a lot of options, you know, in terms of, like, the NWA. We haven't talked about them a lot this this on this show. Like, uh-huh. I think the NWA been doing some good things. Uh, I think that Impact – their women's roster may be the best in the in the game right now? Question mark. Like they they certainly in the conversation. Uh, She'd be so a nice addition to them. Yeah, like I think she she could stand out in in uh, in Impact. Uh, so like everybody's not gonna go to AEW. Everybody that that is a, a free agent, so to speak. Right. But I think if you're a company particularly looking to bolster your women's roster. Athena would be somebody that would be on my short list because she's got that look that's ready for TV. She's good in the ring. Uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of her uh, promo ability in, in, the, in the WWE, but she could talk. So, yeah, I, I, she would be somebody that I'd be looking at. Right, yeah. I, I love um, Athena. I think she's going to um, – I think she's going to make noise wherever she goes. Um, yeah, and sure. I, and I And I hope she uh, – um, I hope she she gets to do it on on the biggest stage. Um, and uh, I, I in this case the AEW thing, I'm not. She they actually do need a couple more women. Um, I, I still think their their women's division is still not what it's not it's not up there with uh, 
WWE's women's division or even impacts. I think mm-hmm. um, AEW has the weakest of the three. It's just, Mark. Only only reason is because Brandy Rose ain't wrestling every week, Chris. Right. Uh, Brandy. Brandy. I'm going in. I love that song, man. If Brandy uh, was wrestling every week, man, they had a top division in the game, yeah, man. Yeah, Brandy right, Rose. Yeah. You want you, 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 yeah, yeah, y'all ain't saying the, the Brandy Rose agenda is in full effect on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. She wrestling every week, Nate. She she on that show. Oh damn! She, I'm, t- I'm telling, hey, hey, I'm, I'm I'm telling y'all right now, the Brandy Rose agenda is in full effect, and she's going to be champion <laughs> with it by, by this summer. I'm t- she she racking up Yo. the dubs on AEW Dark. I'm t- I'm t- telling y'all. Remember, I said this Brandy Rose is going to be an AEW Women's Champion. Yo, and and just like just I'm, last I'm night, telling. like uh, uh, the night of the Royal Rumble, Brandy was had a little back and forth on Twitter with Jade. Oh yeah, Come I on, saw that. Unfinished don't, business. Don't, 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 don't put don't put that evil out in this world, Dave. No, I, I bringing it back, Andrew, running it back, don't do it, don't do it, it back. don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I look, I, 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 Brand, Brandy is still the number one interview that I want to get on this show. So I, I, I will, I will not be. I think Brandy would be fascinating to talk yeah, to. Yeah, she's. Yeah. I think she's the most fascinating person to talk to. She, that she would, um, but she, 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 yeah. she has a very unique perspective within. AEW from yeah. like l- looking at it from the, like somebody that was right. there from the ground up like she, yeah. she she has a lot of insight and then you can also speak to you know sort of like um like that sort of the negativity that she receives uh some yeah. of it I would say probably most of it is like you know kind of unwarranted and like it's like a little bit yeah. extra but, but for the right, most part yeah. like you know her being in that position and like people sort of like e- even when you know she, I, I think people sort of assume that she has more power than what she does. But also I think mm-hmm. that also comes right. from, you know, from, from the get go with them saying, you know, AEW is going to be this and that, and it's going to be all, all types yeah. of, you know, different things. And I think that all like, you know what I'm saying? I think it's just a, a, a like a whole coffee pot type, you know, different type of things. That, yeah. like, so I think it is, I, I think it will be very interesting to hear Brandy's, you know, perspective, like just like, I'm talking about like a, just a real deep dive interview, mm-hmm. where yeah. like it's just like, everything is just out on the table i think that'd be like a probably one of the most interesting interviews that, that you'll probably hear in wrestling yeah. you know you know if she, so if what she we're saying chris we're gonna need you to you know so you, you're the professional one here i'm gonna need you to work these back channels talk to the right people yeah get brandon rose on the nwa podcast here, yeah I, t- I tweet her at least once a week asking her to <laughs> to do the show because i i i don't I don't know if she thinks I, I'm, I'm clouded or what, but nah, Brandy is somebody that just being a executive and a black executive and wrestling, black um, female executive, like yeah. there's so many layers to what yeah. Brandy has to do day to day in that company. Right, man, and just kind of like the the online hate that she gets, the online love that she gets. You know what I'm saying? Um, my my girlfriend loves uh, roads to the top. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm usually done watching uh, AEW once it goes off. But you know, my girlfriend's like, "Oh, leave it here." You know, she likes, <laughs> likes that show. You know, um, so she does. She she has tapped into something. You know, mm-hmm. um, and she's and she's helped build that company too. That I don't think the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, would be what it is without her. Yeah, because yeah, there was there's certain performers in that women's locker room that Brandy yeah. handpicked. 
Like she yeah. was one of like, yeah, we need, you know, Nyla Rose or we need right. this person. Like, so I, I don't yeah. think you can understate like Brandy's yeah. importance to the company. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think she's a big part of why Jade is there. Right. I think uh, she, she talked to Mark Henry, probably they pulled some strings and stuff, but I, I think um, Brandy is, is one, she doesn't get the credit she deserves for being one of the most um, influ, influential executives in wrestling right now mm. yeah you know? yeah so andrew if unless you got any other topics man we're gonna start to wind this down because i feel like i feel like chris unlike tony Khan, is probably gonna have to do some apologizing uh this week on, yeah. on twitter for, for all this omar slander so unless you got anything <laughs> else andrew uh, uh we're gonna wrap it up no that's that that's all we got for this week man for this month yeah of the nwa podcast and it almost I want you to be as good as you could be, man. I, I don't I don't want you to I don't I hope there's no C one for you. Even though look at Chris trying you you see him try dog walk his back. Yeah. I hear moon walking like Michael Jackson, I, Chris. I'm not, dog, I, I'm not dog walking anything back. I still think there's a still <laughs> for that dude. Chris out here tap dancing like Savion Glover. <laughs> but I, I hope that I hope I'm wrong. I hope I, I would love to be proved wrong. <sighs> prove him wrong, almost. Prove him. Show him. Show him what you're all wrong, about, man. When you do come pull up on Chris, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We gonna yeah. be like Omos. We gonna be at Mania next year, Chris. I'm gonna fly yeah. out there. Chris gonna be there. Hopefully, Andrew can make it out there. So when we see you, Omos, in them in them LA streets, I want you to come up to Chris and let him know when you got that world title over your shoulder, Omos. Let Chris know what time it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all you gonna uh, say, Chris? Uh, yeah, look, I'll bow down if if he if he becomes like organically, if he becomes a good wrestler, I will I will bow down to this guy. Not force fed, but if he if he becomes uh, somebody that I enjoy seeing on TV, or all of us collectively enjoy mm. seeing on TV. Um, I've, I've got no problem admitting I'm wrong, man. Yo, Andrew, Chris, Chris in one episode of the NWA podcast has made me more invested in Omas' success than anything they've shown us on TV so far. <laughs> like, I want hey, this brother Chris, to be Chris. the best wrestler in the world now. Yeah. No, Chris, Chris, Chris to put like some so, some fire in us to like want to see Omas succeed. So, so I, I think that's a cool thing. Just to spite Chris, man. Shout out to that brother Chris, man. Good brother Chris, of course. Uh, lighting the fire under old Moss, but yeah. Oh, uh, now for 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 like, I I think that there is a possibility for Omos to be like sort of reach the level that people like to, to where he can be a constant in ring performer that people don't you know go in their phones and shit. Like when it's time for him to wrestle, like I think there's a possibility for that to happen. Will it happen? We don't know. Like so. Yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I think there's a possibility for Omos to be that wrestler we all hope he beats. Like, there's a possibility uh, that Jay Cargill will go on a date with me. And that's not happening. So. Wow. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, 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 h
they 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 it's it's time to get to the what what's Chris beef with Omos? They, they, Omos it's they, no they, beef. They it's running no in the past. I've, like what, what? <laughs> I've seen this guy for a few years now. I think it's done. I like I look. I, Damn, he's done. <laughs> done. I, I think it's done. As man, been wrestling him, two years, Chris. He done. I, as far as him being a good wrestler, I just I just don't think it's it's happening anymore. <laughs> That's that's all I'm saying. I, oh, I, I I I I I was hoping you guys heard me. We'll go back to the show we did last year with Place to Be Nation. <laughs> I was all on Team Omos, and I was like, oh, there was there's a chance he could be good. They put this guy on TV every week. Mm. He has not gotten even a little better, Damn. even a little. It hasn't happened. It's just, it's just, it's what it is. Man. Now, now I want, I want Omos to become the greatest wrestler of our generation. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I want this brother doing five star shooting star presses and six, six chain 30. wrestling. And- you, you got a better chance of getting a date with Jade uh, <laughs> than, than that happening, or you know, somebody, man. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, that's. That's how we gonna leave it this week, man. With with me and Andrew, I, even though even though I ain't gonna let Andrew slide, like Andrew at first was on the on the, on the wrong side <laughs> hey, of history. Hey, 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 don't don't don't, 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 try don't try to throw me for Chris. I just I just want to record the show. Yeah, I, you like, I was the hey, one from the beginning you, down for Omar. You, you were the one that made me feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> not, not giving this guy props. Yeah, See, so what you're saying, Chris, is Andrew was like Tony Khan when Tony Khan said what he said about Swole, and you the internet troll oh, jumping hey, on the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew allowed you to feel comfortable talking about yeah, uh, Omas. He, he did. He, he allowed me to, because we talked about him on the other show, and it wasn't that much. And then on this show, Andrew gave me the freedom to expand <laughs> upon how how mediocre I think this guy is going to be in his WWE career. Damn. Oh, hey, 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 Nate, Nate, go ahead and do the signature sign off, man. Go ahead, man. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up, man. For for Chris, say something, man. It's going to get us all in, in trouble with, with, with Omos <laughs> on these streets. Uh, but yeah, thank y'all for listening to the NWA podcast. We're glad to be back. We are so glad that uh, Brother Chris is back. Uh, before we get out of here, Andrew Thompson. One of the hardest working brothers in the game. Where can people find your work? Where can they find your interviews? What you got coming up for the people in the month of February, brother? So, yeah, they can check me out on Twitter at ADThompson underscore underscore. Uh, you check out all my real work, of course, at the Post Wrestling site. Me and uh, Joe Poe over there, man in the news for, 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 for all you Post readers. And then um, yeah, you check out um, my interviews over at the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. I'm going to be hitting some. So some uh, a couple of independent shows are coming up. You know, I've been doing some interviews there, so I'm very excited to uh, roll those stuff out and hopefully get some good content. You know, for the people, man. And um, yeah, of course the, the the video interviews I'm doing over Zoom. Go check those out. I got a couple up on the mm-hmm. channel, man. I just uh, did a couple with Janai Kai. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I got one up there with Brian Lapalm, which was a different one. I interviewed a guy yeah. who told Ricky Dragon Steamboat how to do five reading. That was real unique. And um, yeah, I got mm-hmm. one up there with Baron Black. Con and, and Black G's. So you yeah, go check mm. those out, man, and uh, go, go subscribe and go like them. Shout out to that man, Black G's. Like G's is somebody yeah. that uh, like I've been wanting to have on on one of these shows for a minute, but just schedules. But uh, we we gonna make that Black G's. If you're listening, brother, like we gonna make it happen sometime in 2022. I know I've been probably slipping 
on on uh getting schedules tight, but uh we we gonna get you on the show before the year's out because I think that brother has a a fascinating story, uh, Andrew, and I'm glad you was able to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, G, uh, G's a cool dude, man. He 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 definitely got a lot more to tell. Definitely yeah. got a lot more to tell. Uh, but Chris, Andrew just talked about Brian Lapone, the man that taught Ricky Steamboat how to you know breathe the fire. But you've been spitting hot fire all episode, Chris. So where can people? find you on these social media streets if they want to disagree with your takes if they want to uh, agree with your takes like where can they find you and what else you got going on brother um you can find me at uh on twitter at kmez does it right now i'm just kind of experimenting with podcasts and i'm experimenting with twitch um and um okay kind of trying to bring my name uh and my my wrestling name up as far as uh being uh, Chris out here with the new technology yeah and a uh yeah purveyor of uh all things uh black wrestling man and um uh, oh shout out to um to True Hill Heat those cats um, good man SP3 and, and Des- I hope we get um Chrissy Love here soon yeah, most definitely. Um, hopefully next month I'm I'm talking to her um yeah and seeing what we could do um uh, I, I appreciate they, those those uh, True Hill Heat guys show me um, so much love during this rich fan also. So like, yep. you know, that that means a lot. You know, it helps kind of with the with the psyche and feeling better. Um, the L.A. Rams just beat the Niners. So um, my girlfriend is going to be very happy today. <laughs> she's, she's I heard her yelling the whole time I've been in here. Uh, <laughs> so um, I just checked the score. Um, so the LA Rams are going to be playing a home game at SoFi. So yeah. I'm not a Rams fan, but um, I'm going to root for them. And uh, yeah, man. So everything's good, and I'm and I'm looking forward to how we grow what we do over here, man. You know, so that that's always you know exciting to see Andrew with all the interviews and Nate with you know all of the different podcasts you do. Um, and, um, I'm very, very excited about our 2022. So, yeah, I'm Whoa. glad we were able to drop the yeah. first episode of the year, Chris. I'm glad you're back. Uh, mm-hmm. for me, if people want more from me, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight, M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic. You can check out, uh, the episode of the chain reaction, which is up at the Kings of sport, Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of sport, where Chris and I spoke at length about last night's Royal rumble. Y'all can check that out. Uh, of course, the Rocky My Via Picture Show made its return here uh, last yes. month where we talked about uh, Fast and Furious 8, The Fate of the Furious. Uh, Andrew and Chris have been on the Rocky My Via Picture Show a couple times. Uh, so, uh, you know, like Rocky My Via Picture Show is like, it's like how they should do Omos, Andrew, bringing it all full circle. Like, yeah. it should be that here special attraction to pop up every two, three months. And you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, but that's, that's great. Uh, that's how they should book that man. Uh, but yeah, Rocky Mountain Picture Show is that post. I'm about to say, I'm about to say, you can find Chris's burner at I Hate Omos. Yeah, <laughs> that's Chris, 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 Chris's burner account. We we Omos slander all 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 up and down the twine. Yeah, look, Chris look, up here look. just hashtag Omos doesn't count. Like, like we see you. Chris. Yeah, Omos oh, doesn't Omos count. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> we Omos. see you, brother. Omos could find me. He could beat my ass to oblivion. <laughs> It's still not gonna make him a better damn in regress. Just doubling, doubling, and tripling down, just, Chris. It just is what it is. But I hope I'm wrong. Oh my, <laughs> you're, you're a black man. 
You're an honorable black man. I hope you. I, I wish you all the success in the world. Even if you don't get better wrestling, fuck. Give him, <laughs> give him the belt, man. He's black. I, I, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So yeah, if you want to find out more about me, man, just check me out on oh, Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. That's it. For this edition of the NWA Podcast, I want to send a shout-out to John Pollock and Wei Ting, uh, the proprietors of Post Wrestling, for all the uh, support they've given to the show. want to thank y'all for listening to the show. Uh, we appreciate it. And, again, send us feedback on the forums or on Twitter, and we can continue the conversation there. And, finally, want to give a shout-out to that good man, Righteous Reg, who gave us that theme that y'all hear each mm-hmm. and every week. So uh, that's going to do it, fellas. We, we, we made it through. Uh, unlike... Unlike our sister Sasha Banks, who came in at number one and was eliminated shortly thereafter, we made it through the whole way. We went wire to wire, y'all. Just, just, just dug it on Sasha Banks and dug it on Omas. What, what, what's going on? What we doing, man? What we doing? Chris, Chris, this, is, Chris this is your fault. This is, this is your fault. fault, Chris. This is Chris' fault. It's all Chris. Nah, I'll take Chris opened the door. Right. <laughs> you opened the forbidden door, and me and Andrew had to walk through it. It's your fault, Chris. Right, right. We doing this in February, my my guy. We doing this in February. (laughs) Slant, Kirk, slant, slandering the black man in Black History, but I can't believe you. I can't believe you, Chris. Chris. Now, see if 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 there are any Omar stands out there, you know who you you heard what he said. A K M E S does it. If you looking for, if there's any Omar stands who want beef, you know who to go to. That's all I'm saying. You know, you know who want to smoke. Chris, Chris is here, and he want to smoke. From the Omas and I, from Omas Nation. Hey, in all seriousness, though, hey, if, if there's people in there like that, that, that could just, just know that Chris be read these uh, YouTube comments, so you better watch what you say because he's on your neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris, stay on comments. <laughs> Chris got time for the comments. Like, yo, I, I go back and look at the video and I see Chris. Chris is having full conversations with these folks in the, in the comments. So, so don't, don't, don't think you can talk slick or you can talk sweet to Chris and he ain't going to see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah thank y'all for listening man we appreciate each and every one of y'all uh, happy black history month and we're going to do it again next month so uh, for Chris for Andrew I am the Godfather Nate Milton and remember the revolution may not be televised but it damn sure will be podcast see y'all next month the views and expressions, you know the rest is pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it, it's for the culture and we repping it.